Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show was recorded on January the 17th, 2017. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, he was left behind today. Caffeine rage. <laughs> Fucking God services. On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we played this week. Scalebound was unexpectedly canceled. The Nintendo Switch conference happened, and we're going to discuss all the things. We've got a list of games that we're looking forward to in 2017. We'll have our weekly community corner and our Steam weekly deals discussion. How are you today, Rage? I'm pretty good, and I'm also remembering that timestamps will be in the show notes and also the YouTube descriptions down below. Look at you. (laughs) Look at me. Look at everybody. I'm on a horse. (laughs) Look at me, now back at your man, now back to me, now back at your man. I'm on a horse. Have you ever seen the behind the se- have you ever seen the behind the scenes of those? Yeah, I have. It's amazing. Yeah. The fact that uh, it's so much practical effects. I mean sure it makes there, me- there is a, a lot of CG in them as well, but the fact that it's a practical effect of a continuous shot is just amazing to me. Yeah. It uh, it makes me proud to be a user of old spice. Um, yeah, (laughs) smells great. Doesn't make me itch. How are you, Rach? How was your week? Uh, How are you doing? All right. A little annoyed with uh, medical transport services, but uh, that's not a podcast topic. (laughs) Yeah, but that is where my, uh, my little thing for you this week came from. Yeah, I was not pleased this morning. No, I received that text from you, and I could feel the anger in the text message. Yeah, it's it's the fact that they didn't tell me that they canceled, so I couldn't try to set up anything else. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Slightly pissed off. Well, you've had a nap, although we do love your angry pants here, just usually when you put them on for games. I don't know how everybody feels about your angry pants for real-world events. Oh, don't worry. Uh, The... Well, it shouldn't be the angry pants. It's more the what the fuck are you doing pants coming up. <laughs> the grumpy pants. Yeah, oh, yeah, also, this week's said. podcast is brought to you by the I'm Feeling Lucky button in Google Play Music or Google Play Radio. It it did a good job this week. A lot of classic rock, um, some more modern rock, uh, grunge, all stuff that I'm into. So good job, Google Play. Yeah, and just earlier I was listening to the soundtrack to Up. Oh, nice. I love that and movie. Right it makes now, me sad. Um, oh, if if you don't feel anything in the first 10 minutes in that movie, you are a fucking robot. You know, I haven't watched that movie since becoming a therapist. I should watch it again. Yeah. Uh, the first 10 minutes, the opening montage. Yeah. It's just heartbreaking. Very... Rewatching it, I actually skip it now <laughs> because, Damn. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it all in. I'm gonna try and heal yeah. his pain. Oh, unfortunately, uh, you're not a, a snipe hunt, so you can't do that. You, <laughs> you need to have someone hiding under the uh, porch to do that. <laughs> Maybe we could send him so, groove. Maybe in a box <laughs> with a pizza with on top. 
Yeah, and some therapy books inside. <laughs> yeah, give him something to read while he's uh, swimming and uh, all the jambalaya and <laughs> kept warm by the 15 pounds of uranium. <laughs> <laughs> so I have story time for this week, which you already know the story, but everyone else needs to yeah, know Yeah, but the I don't story. know the details, so this is going to be fun. Well, I mean, my hard drive crashed, died. Yeah, that's uh, never a good thing. Yeah, so, let's see, when was it? Friday was actually when I first started noticing problems, Friday night. Um, but it was still working well enough, and so I was like, well, you know, something's probably going on. I'll check all this later. We got a stream. Uh, and it held up really well through Rocket League. And then after we finished Rocket League, I went to play Valkyria Chronicles. I mean, I took a break, and I went to play Valkyria Chronicles. And the game just, it would launch, but it was crashing a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I got really mad because I thought the Steam Link was broken again. <laughs> Which uh, you have that rank coming up as well, don't you? Uh, yeah, I still hate big picture mode. Uh, <laughs> but I'll expound on that a little bit more in when when I get there in games stuff. But so yeah, it, it started throwing up all kinds of problems with Valkyria Chronicles. Saturday rolls around. Uh, I can't remember. Oh, it was during King's Nap Time during during the day. I was like, well, I want to play. Valkyria Chronicles while he's asleep for a couple hours, and so I went to load it up, and Valkyria Chronicles just would not launch. Well, it, that's not true. It launched one time. It got to the, the start menu, and then it crashed, and then it never would launch again. So I, again, was mad at the Steam Link, but I got I actually got so mad I just turned my computer off. And I was <laughs> like, I will deal with this later. And I don't remember exactly what point it was later on in the afternoon that I turned my computer back on, but then I noticed, like... I can hear my hard drive spinning. Like, I've never heard it before. Yeah, that's and I was like, usually not a good sign unless your computer's from, like, the 80s. No, I'm like, I was like, I'm 99% sure that's my hard drive. So, I, like, I opened up Task Manager, and it's at 100% usage. And I was like, well, that's not also not a good sign because after my rebuild, there's nothing that pulls from my hard disk on startup. Uh-huh. So, let's investigate. And so I ran some a couple of scans on it, and it kicked back about a million and one errors. But I still had access to the drive. And I originally was just going to be like, nah, fuck it. I don't have anything in there that I need. And then I got to thinking about it. I was like, actually, I do have some stuff on there that I need. I should save it before the drive dies. I mean, I had like some older versions and backups that I could go get just mm-hmm. since I just rebuilt my system. But I was like, I don't. If I can just save this, that'll save me the work that I was doing anyways. Like, some of it was clinical stuff, and some of it was some stuff that I'd set up for VGL, and yeah. then some of it was some recent videos that I had gotten ready for things. And I was like, I, you know, I'd, I'd rather save these if I can and not have to redo all the work. Yeah, you so, know you're in trouble whenever the uh, hard drive health check comes back. Shit's fucked up, yo. I got, I got uh, several yellow lights and one red light. Those are all bad. Um, but yeah, the, the smart scan, like kicked back a bunch of errors. So I got all the stuff off and, uh, I went through the process of getting my RMA set up with Western digital. Uh, and then I discovered something that is interesting, but kind of irrelevant to the story. So I bought this hard drive a little over two years ago when I built this machine and on Amazon, I bought a Western digital black drive, which is their like top of the line platter drives that have all of the bells and whistles and well no wonder you could hear a drive uh spinning up if it has bells and whistles on it but um but anyway so it like had all of their like fancy buzzword technology uh and 
you know, it was only like a few bucks more on because I got it on a sale, like a, a Black Friday sale or something like that. It was only a few bucks more than the blue drive, which is just their standard drive. It's like, yeah, I'll buy it. Why not? A few extra bucks. Um, well, when I pulled the drive out of my computer, it was actually a Western Digital purple drive. So they sent me the wrong hard drive two years ago, and I didn't catch it because I just wasn't paying attention or something. Or do you think maybe uh, they were out of stock with the black and uh, went to purple because that may have been the next one up? Actually, the purple's the next one down. Oh, it's the next one down? Uh, well, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't looked at them for a while, so... Yeah, the, the the Western Digital Rainbow, just a quick rundown. Blue is like their standard average drive. Uh, green is storage, and they the drive runs on low power. So green offers the highest storage capacity, uh, and it's the lowest power consumption. Yeah. Uh, red is designed to be used for uh, RAID arrays and things that are like constantly running, like if you've got a server or something like that. Uh, and they only run at 5,400 RPM. And then purple is almost as good as black. It's missing a few of black's, like, platter stabilization whatevers. Um, but it does have some built-in uh, software or firmware or something mm-hmm. into the drive that optimizes it for working with streaming media, so streaming audio and video. They're designed to be used for uh, high-end recorders or, like, you People who do what we do as a hobby, but that's their job. Yeah. And then uh, also for security firms to uh, just constantly record uh, security footage. And then the black is the the best. But, I mean, purple and black have the same warranty and everything. And like I said, purple's only missing a few of black's features. So, I mean, it's not like I got, like, completely gypped, but I just, like, had a good laugh. Like, well. Fucking figures. Is, yeah. So. That's my hard drive story. For this week, I'm uh, I'm currently waiting. Part of Western Digital's RMA policy is you must return it in a static bag or a static proof bag, otherwise mm-hmm. you forfeit your warranty. So I'm having to wait on static bags to get here from Amazon because apparently no store sells bags. Like I can buy a 30 foot roll of anti-static bubble wrap, but I can't buy a single static <laughs> plastic bag. So. They should be here tomorrow. I That's think. when I would just steal the uh, static proof bags that I stored my video card in. Well, I would have done that, but uh, I used all of that stuff, or I got rid of all that stuff after I built two PCs, and they were confirmed to be working because, I mean, I didn't know that was Western Digital's return policy, and I didn't expect the drive to fail. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, I, yeah. I don't think anybody really expects the hard drive to fail, especially after that short of time. It's just yeah, that- uh, I'm I'm paranoid when it comes to parts, so. Whatever I upgrade, I hold on to the parts as long as I deem it necessary. Matter of fact, if need be, I could actually bring my old computer back online that was before this one. It's actually still downstairs. Not sure if it works, but it's all in one piece. <laughs> I hold on to parts, but I don't hold on to boxes and stuff. Well, I used well, to. Well, the thing but is, but then that, we had uh, a kid, and like space became yeah. a premium. It's like, well, let's just throw all this crap away. Yeah, true. Uh, it's more just, you know, I never got around to pulling the computer apart. Yeah. So it's just, uh, it seems uh, better just to leave it all in one, uh, uh, piece at this point. Yeah. Well, mine's in pieces, my old machine and machines that I've borrowed parts from to cobble together stuff. Yeah. And like I I've, got, my I've got boxes of parts and I have my 7,800 series in the closet, uh, 
along with a very old hard drive that I doubt will even, uh, well, I'll probably spin up, but it's, uh, it's such a small capacity that it doesn't really matter. I, it's under a terabyte. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, my old CPU for this computer, a, uh, uh, trying to think of what, it's not an FX chip. Uh, I'm trying to think of the uh, series it is, but uh, it doesn't really matter. It it still will work on this computer, so if need be, I could swap out uh, the processor and the video card. <laughs> you talking about small hard drive capacity? I remember the first PC I built. I was in like middle school or something, and I put an an 80 gigabyte hard drive in it, and I was like, "This is so huge! I can put all of my <laughs> games on it." And I mean, I could. I only had like seven or eight games, but before the only computer we had was just like a family computer that I don't even remember what it was. It was like, you know, just a random um, computer store, like, you know, just one of those random brands that used to exist as knockoffs. Yeah. It was one of those. Yeah. And, and, and nowadays there's save files that's larger than that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how times have changed, but in a good way. Yeah, and this uh, would have been the perfect segue to start bashing on the Switch, but that'll be later. Nope. I do have one more story, though. This just happened. Uh, or, I guess, update? Whatever. So, podcasting things, RSS feeds. Uh, I got an email back from Apple, and they were like, yeah, we don't do that anymore. Uh, oh, for fuck's sake. Up- no, no, no. No, when it comes to updating your RSS feed, they're like, we don't do that anymore. Uh, we've got a site, or we've got a, a portal now that we're just now launching uh you can go do that yourself so i went tonight just before we started oh, train. and uh, i'll mute okay anyways i went tonight just before we started uh and updated the rss on itunes to the podbean one and it says it'll take 24 hours for it to cycle through uh but that should update the rss feed and if I understand correctly, it shouldn't drop any of our subscribers. Although, if you do subscribe to us through iTunes, um, you should check. Although, I guess they can't hear it if they subscribe to us on iTunes. Regardless, we put the thing in the old RSS feed, so they should be going to look for Podbean anyways. Hopefully, our, our subs go and look for us. Yeah, well, and, I put out the announcement uh, yesterday. Yeah. So, I did mention uh, iTunes and Google Play specifically and uh, what's going on there. Granted, I didn't know this latest development. Well, Google Play also. So I was trying. I really didn't want to have to re like take down the podcast and re-upload it. It wasn't a big hassle, but it's like I'd rather just change it over if I can. Yeah. Uh, and so I went searching on the the podcast subreddit and I asked about it, and they're like, "Actually, you can do it, but it's buried like underneath eight layers of garbage." So I went. And also made the request to change the RSS feed on Google Play today. Uh, maybe I should update that announcement then. Well, maybe. We'll see what happens because it's a requester thing like what iTunes used to have. Yeah. So we'll see how long it takes them to get back to me. But I did make the request. So yeah, now I wish see. I would have waited 24 hours on uh, recording that. <laughs> well, I mean, you did. I didn't know. You didn't know. Yeah. Is that another train, or is that no? That's the train off in the distance that went past me, going uh, uh, away from me. So that's the train on the far end of the town. Okay. 
Uh, that's why I wasn't stories. able to warn you before was that, you know, I didn't get the early warning this time. Right. That's okay. Uh, those uh, are all my stories for this week. So unless you have anything to add, we can move on to the games that we played. Uh, nothing outside of just some uh, editing requirements for you. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on to the games that we played this week, Rach. Uh, what did you play? Oh, uh, well, I had two this week. Uh, the first one is my Sunday sampler game. Super Dungeon Bros, a rock-themed ARPG. And looking at it, you would think that it's completely different because, damn, this is a bland game. It's, it has the, uh, okay, going into it, I expected something like Brutal Legend. I think that's, uh, yeah, a a reasonable assumption, right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, uh, I mean, it's the, got an interesting the, the, aesthetic in the... The the, pl- the playable characters are named uh, Iggy, Ozzy, Freddy, and... Uh, Axel. Blank- uh, Axel. I was blanking on the fourth one for a moment. So you would expect, you know, a lot of, a lot of rock-themed, uh, 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 a lot of fun. Uh, but here's the thing, is that you have the opening cinematic for the, uh, the campaign mode, and then the narrator says... One line. And that's it. If you didn't have that section and just went directly into the gameplay, you could not tell that this was a rock-themed ARPG. There's uh, no enemies that, yeah, what you would think of that, uh, well, uh, going uh, going back to the brutal legend idea, you know, you had uh, the headbangers going around, for example. You had a lot of speakers and uh, stuff like that. None of that. This is a really, really, really generic ARPG that they slapped a rock theme on for the uh, the opening uh, sequence, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, this looks like a worse version of Magicka. I would say it's. Well, have you ever played Spiral Knights? Spot no. Okay, it's a free-to-play uh, ARPG, actually a lot like this, uh, and it has an energy system which kind of screws with you actually progressing in the game because, uh, uh, well, I won't get into Spiral Knights just uh, today because I have things to say about that game, and I'm okay. uh, too busy bashing on this one. The only drops in this game are gold, which you use in the shop, and the shop always has the same three things in it. A uh, health regen, or a a full health, extra life, and refill your ultimate. Uh, Well, I should say a charge on your ultimate, not a complete refill. And beer to heal you. That is it. There's no real interesting things that drop. The enemies just kind of swarm you. And a matter of fact, the AI I found several times would get stuck trying to path to me. It feels very underbaked and that they just uh, threw it out there. And this game is a couple months old now. And the community is uh, non-existent. Yeah, according to this, there's no people playing right now. Not that and there I can blame them. there are only two at today's peak. Not that I could actually blame them. It's, oh. I'm trying to think of the best way to uh, describe this without, uh, 
you know, saying, just go watch my video and uh, watch me rant on it for uh, uh, half an hour. But the, the only really interesting bits of this game are the boss fights. And they talk, well, they talk about procedural generation, but it's like, well, well they're using the chunk-based procedural generation, like Binding of Isaac, uh, kind of uh, introduced to the genre, where instead of you know, having the entire map procedurally generated, you have handcrafted chunks of map that the uh, game uh, randomly picks out and pieces together like a puzzle, and there's your uh, run. Okay. The map pieces, the pool is either very small or I got very unlucky because I started noticing a lot of repeats, even in the same level, a lot of repeats of the same chunks. And all the bosses are not uh, randomly picked like uh, Binding of Isaac would have. And I know it's probably unfair to be comparing it to Binding of Isaac because Binding of Isaac is a a bit different in how it's... uh, uh, built so it's a lot easier to generate content for it, but that's getting on something completely different. You always fight the same mini bosses and the same boss, so it gets very, very bland very quickly. And they require you to grind to unlock the uh, extra weapons. So a well, I didn't get a successful run. I got through two mini bosses. And I got to the final boss of the first chapter. And I did a little bit of math on that. And, okay, that took me about 45 minutes to get through, uh, to get to the final boss. And I got killed at the final boss. I would have had to do that four or five times to unlock a weapon. And there were, I think, 15 weapons that were locked. Yeah. And it's one of those games that there's just not enough in the uh, procedural generation to make it feel fresh every time. And on top of uh, it being rather bland to begin with and that there's no drops, so it just feels like you're killing for the sake of killing instead of yeah, trying to uh, get something, which sounds a little weird when you're talking about an ARPG where you, or an ARPG hack and slash. It just felt off, you know. It, it felt like an it felt like an alpha version of a finished game. That's the best way I could describe it. it I was about like to the, say it, what it, it felt sounds like. like... The, it felt like the alpha version that there that this is the uh, the test bed that uh, for all the features that they would add to it later, but never did. Yeah, I was gonna say what I felt like you're describing to me is a good concept for a game a serviceable demo or a serviceable alpha to show off that they just sold. Yeah, pretty much. Like I said, the narration is hardly there. There's one line and I actually got the line starting to repeat after, well, I did four runs in my pre-video test phase and then I did one run in my uh, main phase. Either I got unlucky there or there's not a lot of lines and it's not even a rock uh, uh, themed uh, line for the narrator. The narrator says, "And this is how I met your mother." Uh, when the okay. uh, when the dungeon starts, it's like, okay, okay, that's uh, kind of funny, but how does that fit the theme? 
Oh, it's like, that's an interesting first line. Now, where's more? Oh, oh, that's it? Yeah. Uh, okay. And it's kind of a shame because the game doesn't look terrible. I mean, it's not uh, amazing, but, you know, it's not bad. Trust me, I've played a lot worse game, uh, uh, looking games. <laughs> yeah, but... I played a worse looking game this week when we get there. <laughs> uh, but it's just, it's not there, you know? And, yeah. And I can't say it's a terrible game either because it's a good solid uh, base for a good game. It just, there's not enough. Yeah. And they also want 20 bucks for it. Yeah, that's not a 20 buck game. That looks like it should be free. I would say like, five uh, bucks at max. What was the Heroes, whatever, the free to play game that went away last year? Heroes something? Um, I'm blanking on it. I think I, I know, know what you're talking about. It feels like that. It's um, just, uh, it was disappointing because I was looking at all this stuff for it and, yeah, thought it would be better. Yeah. Okay. What else did you play this week? Well, the other one that I played is uh, Minion Masters. This was something I've had for a while, but I never really fired up. Essentially, a PC version of Crash Royale. Okay. Uh, with uh, some differences. For one, you, you have don't- my attention. Uh, uh, now I have your attention. <laughs> well, for one, there's none of the uh, leveling bullshit that's in Crash Royale. So uh, you're not going to have two knights fi- uh, fight and have one always beat the other one because one knight is a, a level five knight compared to your level one. And also you have different heroes or champions or whatever you want to call it. That's your player character. That has different abilities. And as you hold the bridges, which is essentially your towers in this, the bridges uh, could go back and forth depending on uh, who's on the, uh, the offense. You gain experience and you could unlock perks, which for uh, some heroes, uh, well, each hero is different. The one that I've been playing a lot, uh, if I get the first tier perk, which it, uh, you get a bonus experience, I should say. You, uh, you're not completely cutting off your enemy from experience if you're on the offense. Uh, your first tier perk uh, on the hero that I play, his auto attack uh, will hit anything on the map. Uh, uh, well, uh, on any range. Uh, without it, uh, your hero could only attack on your half of the map. Okay. And then the second tier, uh, ranged units uh, get a bigger range, and then third tier I, oh, I'm blanking on it because I rarely get that far uh, to get the third tier you pretty much have to hold the bridges on the full time and these are very short matches by the way and it's the Crash Royale uh, style where uh, you get random minions uh, based on the cards you unlock but there's no leveling the card so once you have the card you have the card so right. they, they get almost Hearthstone-ish in that uh, a sense only it's a one card per I've only played a bit. I'm still in the getting my uh, ass handed to me phase because I don't have enough cards. Yeah, so, you know, I, I play against someone, you know, they have uh, this uh, really amazing finisher and I just can't compete with it. But that's pretty much the uh, basis for all CCGs these days, right? Yeah. 
pretty uh, much. I, I I'll be honest. I haven't played uh, Crash Royale itself. I've watched some of it, but I've uh, haven't played it myself. Uh, other differences. Well, there's cosmetic differences. Of course, you may be able to look at the screenshots and see that uh, the uh, the field has different halves to it uh, that are cosmetically different, and you get unlock those or uh, buy them. Uh, is this a free game? Uh, it's going to be free. Okay. And I'm you gonna... can sign up to their newsletter and get a free copy. I would uh, like to do that. Yeah. I'd well, like to check well, this out and compare it to Clash Royale. Well, when I got my copy, uh, I got it in the, one of their giveaways. I got two copies, but uh, uh, Death Saber beat you to it <laughs> because he <laughs> saw me okay. idling off the cards. Yeah. Which this also has cards on it as well, so. But it's a it's an interesting uh, idea because th- there really isn't a Crash Royale type game on PC. Yeah, and they're changing things enough that I don't think you could call it a ripoff. I mean, th- just the fact that you have different heroes. For example, uh, the one that they're sh- oh, they're not showing his abilities on here, but you could see uh, a couple of the different heroes on the Steam page. Actually, I think those are the minions, uh, but not the heroes. Uh, yeah, they're showing the minions, not the heroes. The heroes changing out is probably the most interesting part to me because you could uh, set it up so that uh, your hero abilities uh, uh, really complement your deck. And there is, I think, six or seven different decks that you could build uh, as you level up. Uh, I've, like I said, I've only just started playing this. Uh, and I've only gotten a handful of matches online, and I'm I'm still getting my ass handed to me. Yeah, I just went and signed up so that I could get a key <laughs> for the game. It says it may take uh, 24 hours to receive a key. So, uh, you're uh, okay. You uh, did the sign up, so uh, we'll have to try it out sometime together. Yeah, hopefully I'll have it another day or two and then we can play it and I'll be able to talk about it next week. It looks neat. And like I said, I'd really love to compare it to Clash Royale. Cause I mean, you know, you remember last year I went crazy over Clash Royale for a little while yeah. until I got tired of the, the of garbage of the, uh, the business model. Uh, uh, was it the leveling of characters that uh, threw you off or what was it? I can't remember. Um, it was, it was basically hitting the wall. It's like, okay, I've now hit the point where the game either demands. I, I pay, Tons of time or tons of money to continue playing it. Well, there and is advancing. Uh, well, there is the uh, 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 micro uh, transactions in this, but I don't see it being as big a wall. Just because it seems like a lot of the wall in Clash Royale is the leveling system on the different characters or on the different minions, I should say. Yeah, and it doesn't. And this game just does not have that. Which is something that uh, I really love. Oh, well, you, you could see one of the uh, characters having uh, their different abilities. And also they have a uh, weekly rotation on the heroes. So, uh, oh, well, they, they call them masters, but heroes, champions, uh, that gives you the idea of what's going on with it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the leveling part was frustrating, too, in Clash Royale. Mm-hmm. It. I mean, there was still some skill involved, but if you wound up in a match with somebody who had their cards, all of their cards, or, you know, even 
half of them were a level above yours, you might as well just throw in the towel unless they sucked. Yeah, I'm, I don't want to call it pay to win. Uh, or I, I don't think there is pay to win in this. It's just uh, starting off in these games is always rough. There's no way really around that. Yeah. I mean, even uh, something like Hearthstone, which a lot of people say is one of the more balanced, or at least they did say. I'm not sure how they say it now, because I haven't really paid attention to uh, Hearthstone in ages. Uh, look at it whenever the new expansion comes out, but it's more just looking at the cards and thinking, there's no way I'm ever fucking playing this game again. I'm way, way, way too far behind. Yeah. But... I'll look at the cards, but I won't pay attention too much to what people are saying. And I'll I'll watch Total Biscuit play whenever he streams it or has one of his gimmick decks on. Because I will say that the gimmick decks are fun. The gimmick decks are so fun. But the thing is that Hearthstone has turned into deck deck central. You know, playing the meta. And Which is no fun. Yeah, and that's what really killed Hearthstone for me was that everybody was playing the meta. I... I I came up the last day I played Hearthstone. Uh, this was the when uh, Murloc Warlocks were the flavor of the month. Ah, uh, yeah. And I came up against three or four in a row, and I didn't have my deck built around countering that. It's I'm like, you know, fuck it. I don't have yeah. the car. I don't have the particular cards I need to build the counter deck, and I'm not in the mood to throw down 50 bucks on a game that I'm not having fun with. Uh, Hell, I... Hell, when's the last time I threw down 50 bucks on a game, period? What can I say? I'm a cheap ass. (laughs) You're you're, uh, a bargain shopper. No, the uh, proper term is patient gamer. There you go. You're a patient gamer. Uh, Yeah, Murloc Shaman was really big when I quit. Because they introduced several new Murlocs specific to the Shaman. Uh, so, Murloc Shaman was, was all over. Yeah, d- yeah, didn't uh, one of the uh, legendaries for Shaman enter- uh, give you a bunch of Murlocs? Yeah, uh, it would give you four random Murlocs when you played it. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, throw that down with your Murlocs and a bunch more Murlocs and uh, roll face. Yep. I mean, the Murloc deck was just a modification of the Zoo deck, which, I mean, I don't know. I haven't played it in a long time, so I don't know what the new meta is. But at the time, Zoo was not, it had been hard countered, and nobody was using it anymore. I tried some of those meta decks, but they're just not fun. Yeah. Well, uh, I like well, also to I didn't crazy have... stuff or come up with my own gimmicks. Based also, on... I didn't have uh, all the uh, cards for them. Probably my favorite thing I would do, uh, and I pissed off my friends so much with this. <laughs> You're going to love this. Okay. I, my finishing move for pretty much all my decks, and this re- required three cards. It was turn nine. Uh, at least, hang on, I'm pretty sure. Let me, let me double check this before I say this. Uh, I'm tr- uh, what's the card that copies other cards? I, I can't remember. The card that what? Uh, the the basic minion that copies uh, uh other cards. 
I don't know. It's a warlock card. I know what you're talking about. No, no, about, no, no. It's not a warlock it. card. Oh, it's the basic a uh, faceless manipulator. Oh, okay. Okay, and it's uh, okay. It's uh, I was trying to re- make sure I, I was saying the right move. Uh, this is the how I got my friend to uh, never play me again. Uh, turn nine, Ragnaros, and then if he doesn't kill him uh, immediately, double faceless manipulator on Ragnaros. I've had that happen a few times. That's terrible. You're a horrible person. I was only able to pull it off a couple times. It's a good strategy, but you're a horrible person. I mean, even one faceless manipulator on Ragnaros is terrible. But I was able to do a a double faceless manipulator on him uh, a couple times. Yeah. So... (laughs) Uh, you know, that was my big finishing move, and I, you know, it was something that I really liked doing. It's the thing is that, that uh, Ragnaros was probably my best card to uh, face this manip, and I didn't really have anything else really great for it. And I it just happened to have two of them. Because the face of Manipulator was an epic card, and epic cards are uh, annoying to try to craft. And uh, getting cards in Hearthstone is kind of slow unless you're putting in a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know for one of the expansions, in order to get all the cards, you had to get something like, uh, on average, uh, somewhere in the ballpark of 230 to 250 uh, packs. And uh, once you got that many, uh, you either had the cards or you had enough dust to get the cards. That just tells you think- how much you had to get. I don't think I opened that many packs in the entire time I played Hearthstone. That that was just one of the expansions. I think it was the first one, maybe the second. But all the uh, expansions tend to be about the same size anyway, so. Yeah. And we got really off topic for Minion Masters. <laughs> we did. We did. So let's bring it back. And I, I will now. say that uh, it's uh, worth checking out, at least right now. And they are doing weekly updates as well. So, uh, they're uh, still, I would say, uh, late alpha, early beta phase. Of Minion Master? Yeah. Yeah. It says on there, it's a, uh, on their website, it says beta. Yeah, well, I couldn't, I didn't know if it was alpha or beta, but, uh, since they're still patching it pretty uh, regularly, uh, just wanted to uh, throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah. and there are they are still bouncing the game, so uh, obviously some of the things that I encountered may just be yo know, cards that are still slightly overpowered, but it's also cards that yo know, I just don't have the counter for. And yeah. one thing I wish that they would do instead of having the uh, the uh, field like it is, have it like in Clash Royale where it's going up and down, instead of the uh, uh, looking at the uh, field uh, on the from the left to the right. Yeah. Just because it's a little easier to figure out uh, which uh, direction things are going. But that's just a personal thing. I'm sure, you know, playing a few rounds of it, I'll get used to it. All right. Well, let me talk about something that you talked about last week that I was going to research and report on. Uh, The Remoter Game Streaming App thing. Uh, It's hot garbage. Well, I have, um, oh, I will say I have sent them an email to ask them if there's a way to force the remoter into a direct connection. 
Yeah, I haven't heard back from them, though. I've just seen it earlier today. So they do use some sort of either either they've got some sort of third party server that everything runs to, or for some reason it goes way out to the other side of the planet and then loops back around in order for you to play your games. So I wasn't I, crazy in uh, saying that it has about a 500 ping. Yeah, yeah, I was I was getting uh anywhere from gosh, sometimes even 2 or 3 seconds of input lag. I didn't have that bad, but I uh, uh here's the crazy thing is that I always talked about living out in the sticks, but you uh, live probably further out in the sticks than I do these days. Yeah, but I've got pretty decent internet. I mean, I don't, you know, when it's working. Uh <laughs> I've got roughly 70 megs down and 20 megs up. So, uh, you know, I could forgive a little bit of lag, even 100, 200 milliseconds worth. Um, that'd be a little bit. You couldn't play anything fast-paced, but honestly, I wouldn't want to play anything fast-paced on my phone or my iPad anyways. Yeah. But, I mean, I was getting all the way up to a second on average, and then sometimes it would just be like two or three seconds. One time I thought it had crashed. It took so long. I, who knows? It might have hung up. That might have not actually just been latency but i mean it was like nine or ten seconds i was about to force close the app and then try it again but i didn't notice any difference of performance between my phone and my ipad both of them were pretty slow but when i disconnected my router from uh the modem it it would play it fine like almost no lag at all so I'm guessing it uses some kind of third-party thing by default, and then if you remove it, it's like, well, I guess we can talk to each over the over your local network. Uh, to some extent, I think it makes sense to use a third-party thing. I mean, I, I disagree with it. I think it should still be a direct connection, like you know, yeah, TV well, I, or well, whatever. Well, I asked but, them uh, about forcing a direct connection. Uh, like I said, I haven't uh, heard back from them yet. Uh, well, here's the funny thing is. Okay, they have their top uh, 10 most played games on their service or through their uh, thing. Yeah. Care to guess any of these games? Uh, okay, I want you to try to guess the top three. Let's see. Uh, in, I, the, in, the, in the top 10, they have the top 10, but I want you to try to guess the top three. Top three. I'm just thinking, like, a game will pop into my mind. I'm like, no, that's already got its own app, or that's, you know, that it would be terrible. I'm going to guess Overwatch is one of them. Overwatch is not on the list. Okay, that's good. I thought they might say Overwatch, but I couldn't imagine playing Overwatch on this. Um, XCOM? Uh, XCOM is not on the list. Um, Solitaire. You're joking, right? Yes, I am joking. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just can't. I can't think of. Come on, Hearthstone? throw games out there. Hearthstone. Hearthstone is not on the list. That has its own thing, anyway. I know, but I mean, that was like a thing that I thought of. Um, let me pull up my game library and just like look at a couple. <laughs> I'm I'm seriously like thinking about this. I mean, I might be uh, this, overthinking this is, it. But. I, I think this is fun. I, I wonder if other people are uh, dreading, you know, hearing you guess uh, games that are playing on this shitty service. Is FTL on there? FTL is not on the list. Um, 
let's put it this How way. About the top three, civilization. Civilization is on the list. It's not in the top three. Civilization's uh on is number eight on the list. The civilization okay. five. What's the top three? The top three. Uh number three is Dota two. What? I got okay. Maybe I could see that because uh, tapping instead of clicking. All right, or or maybe uh, uh with custom controls. Yeah. Number two, GTA Five. Why? Why would you want to play GTA Five like this? I could. Only thing I could think of, and uh, once I say this, it'll probably make a lot more sense to you. Bluetooth controller. I guess, but still, why would you want to play on that teeny tiny crappy screen? And number one, well, since you've heard number three, you could probably figure out number one now. Uh, League of Legends? Yes. And just to round out the other ones, uh, number ten, Warframe. (laughs) Good luck there. Yeah, even if you use a controller, that game's terrible on a controller. Only thing I could think of is people setting and trying to trade in Warframe. Maybe, yeah. Number nine, Fallout three, or sorry, Fallout four. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Civ five. Number seven, Untuned, or sorry, Untarned. Which don't see that one. Okay. Oh, oh no, no wait! I take that back. I kind of see that one because that. Every time I see someone that has, you know, like two or three games playing on Steam, or, you know, two or three games in the library, they always have this game. Always. It's a free-to-play game. Uh, so, yeah, I just, it's essentially a first-person shooter Minecraft. With zombies? Yeah. So, you know, pretty much uh, the perfect uh, teenager game. Damn yeah. we uh, damn that makes me sound old. <laughs> Next on the list, Gary's mod. Okay. Then Minecraft. Okay. And, and number four is probably the biggest shock on here. Team Fortress 2. <laughs> okay. Whatever floats your boat, kids. Only thing I could think of for Team Fortress 2 is people in adult or trade servers. Because trying to play the game on that, even though when they showed the demo of this or the trailer, they're using Team Fortress 2 to build their uh, controls. But Team Fortress 2 does not play well on a controller at all. Uh, The mechanics of Team Fortress 2, outside of, let's see, I would say the engineer you could uh, get away with playing controller. Pyro, for the most part, trying to do quick uh, redirects with the uh, air blast, you definitely couldn't do, but you could probably you know, do uh, normal pyro stuff on it. Heavy, you could get away with. Demo, you can't. Medic, you probably could, uh, even though uh, trying to follow some people would be a little tough because uh, controllers... Mm. Soldier, definitely not. Spy, hell no. Even though it's pretty simple. Sniper. <laughs> Yo, that would be a hell of a handicap. Someone tried to play sniper with a fucking controller. You could use your accelerometers, though, and, like, spin <laughs> around and no scope. Get a no scope. 
Uh, yeah, oh, and Scout. Uh, I was trying to think of who I was missing. Of course, Scout. Scout, no way. Scout is way too fast for a controller. Boy, that's going to piss some people off, isn't it? What? Uh, uh, someone too uh, moving too fast to be able to use a controller. Oh, yeah. It requires way too much tw- uh, twitch precision. Not if you're bad. Ah. Which is me trying to play Scout. Probably be me too. I'm playing Fortress Two in many years. Yo, that would many, be something. Many years. That would be something that we could try to play sometime on a stream. Yeah, it is free I, to play. Yeah, and I think that the, you could set it up where you can have a party, so you're all joining the same team. I think we have to actually look into that. It's been a while since I've really played. Once my hard disk comes back and I have more space, I'll download it. Yeah, in Team like Fortress Two. Yeah. Team Fortress 2 is not a small game. All right. Well, before we sidetrack again, let me move on down the list. <laughs> uh, so I'll talk about the Steam Link again a little bit. Um, so I am pretty sure that one of the big problems I had was that my hard drive was failing, and I'm everything I was pulling was coming off of the hard drive. Uh, I didn't have any of those games installed on my SSD. So new performance report... Uh, big picture mode still sucks. Huge donkey penis. So, Steam Link. Yep, and we're back. Uh, a little bit of technical difficulty, which you guys won't have to deal with. Uh, maybe some of that will run up as Franken content. We'll see. Because yeah, we'll I do see still have just how the, things sync. Yeah, plus I do still have the uh, the Skype recording, so it's all there, just in slightly lower quality. Yeah. So yeah, back to the Steam Link. Uh, rewinding. Uh, as I was saying, um, most of the problems that I think I had with the Steam Link last week were coming from my failing hard drive, uh, because all the games were installed on that drive, and it was probably struggling to read data as it was giving up the ghost, which caused Steam to crash more than it should have. Uh, but, I mean, after installing some games on the SSD and still playing it on the Steam Link, big picture mode sucks. Now, instead <laughs> of crashing, like... That's a that's a genuine laugh, and I already made that comment, so you must really enjoy... No, it's just the way you say, sucks. Sucks. It sucks. Tootsie. Big dicks. Huge dicks. If you've ever played uh, Cards Against Humanity, it sucks the biggest, blackest dick. Anyways, um, so it now instead of crashing really early on when it has issues reading data, now it crashes once you've gotten just far enough in the game to be doing something. Fifteen, the fifteen twenty minute mark is when it usually crashes. Uh, a couple times it's gone longer than that, but usually fifteen or twenty minutes. And when it crashes, it locks up my my machine. So I have to either press the reset button or hold down the power button and force shut it down. I guess I could also unplug it or flip the switch, but regardless, that is very bad for your PC to do that repeatedly. Uh, if you exit Steam Big Picture Mode immediately and then just stream the game as if you were streaming it to any other device, if it crashes, it's fine. You just go over and save and close the game and restart the Steam link. So, yeah, Steam Big Picture Mode really sucks, which... I don't, I mean, I don't like that because I actually like the Steam Big Picture Mode interface. It's 
very aesthetically pleasing. It's not covered in ads like Xbox Live or PlayStation Plus. Well, here's the um, th- well, here's the difference between uh, the Xbox uh, UI and the Steam UI. You're not paying for the Steam UI. Yes. So, it, oh wait a minute, that seems backwards, doesn't it? I was gonna say, yeah, that seems backwards, doesn't it? So, I mean, maybe one day they'll fix it, but Steam, yeah, Steam will put or ads Valve, on it. Valve abandons projects all the time, so. I mean, they do regularly update the Steam link, uh, so maybe it'll somehow get fixed as part of one of the Steam link updates, but I've not got my fingers crossed. Yeah, the the thing is that they have been uh, still putting out uh, updates to the Steam streaming service, which is uh, what Big Picture Mode is using mostly for that. But I haven't seen a lot of updates for Big Picture Mode itself, so... They may be done with the big picture mode project, at least uh, for the most part, right now. Well, they shouldn't be done with it. They should go back to working on it. Lazy bastards. And you would know. <laughs> yeah, I've had several tweets this week that have just been, I hate. One of them, one tweet was just, I hate big picture mode over and over and over again until I ran out of characters. Yeah, then uh, who was it that finished it for you? I think it was Groove. Yeah, yeah I think it was Groove and... <laughs> well, I commented on uh, on whoever it was uh, finishing it off. You know, I'm not sure if he uh, uh, has established a pattern yet. <laughs> yeah, he might want to let me go for a few more tweets before we know for sure. <laughs> I was just waiting for you to post a typed uh, page of I hate big picture mode, you know, <laughs> like from The Shining. Yeah. I thought about it, but then I decided not to waste any more time on it because I knew I'd be bitching about it later. Uh, big picture mode makes Jared a sad boy. Indeed. What doesn't make me a sad boy, though, is Valkyria Chronicles. That's been a, almost the only game I've played this week for, I don't know, five or six hours. I haven't I haven't got to play as many games as I would have liked this week. but Yeah, I'm really going to have to start playing that so you can talk more about it because you're pretty much up to where I am. Yeah, yeah, I'm on Chapter 7. I haven't done anything with Chapter 7 yet. I finished up Chapter 6, and then I went and I checked out, like, the 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 paper and messed with my squad a little bit and did research and stuff, and then uh, I had to quit because um, I was going to play more last night, but I had to quit, so. Yeah, uh, well, I'm pretty sure you'll know the point that I uh, stopped at. Uh, Okay. I think you said it was because of a boss or a bat, something. Yeah, and and the thing is that it was... I'll tell you this much. It's a long battle, and then things change towards the end of it. And it's one of those uh, things that you... Well, at least for me, the way I had everything set up, I had to know about advance, uh, in advance to uh, have it set up, you know, uh, be ready for it. But because of how my squad was set up at the time, I wasn't uh, ready for it, so I was caught completely off guard and just annihilated. Right. Well, uh, I mean, I'll see how it goes when I get there, but... Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one word, and you won't know what it really means right now, but once you get to the battle, you'll know what it means 
and that'll be the battle that I, I, I ended up quitting on, at least for now. Okay. Glowy. Glowy? Yeah, Glowy. Is that a person's name? Because there's some weird names in this game because it's Japanese. You, you'll see. Okay. As soon as you get to the battle and have that part happen, you'll be, oh. Glowy. Yeah. And no, that's not the password for the week. So since getting farther in the game, though, because when I w talked about it last time, I was still basically in the tutorial. I hadn't been allowed to pick my squad or anything yet. Um, I love this game. I've got, uh, <laughs> I call myself Gay Squad number seven. You have Jan, I don't, don't you? care. Oh, yeah, I have Jan <laughs> and Teddy. And basically my squad, I, the first thing I did was I picked everyone who was gay or bisexual and put them in there regardless of what their their perks or their negatives were. Just like to be funny, uh, and Jan is amazing. Uh, Jan is a good character uh, on top of uh, being very memorable. Yeah, he's yeah, and he's uh, actually good in combat. I don't think he has any negative uh, aspects. No, I, I at don't all. recall that he does. I think he's just got got perks. So, yeah, Jan is wonderful. Uh, and Jan, the story uh, Jan was uh, like the mascot for my uh, <laughs> squad. Yeah, yeah, I use Jan every chance I can get. I wish that you could set who your commanders were that gave you your your bonus AP. Yeah, I don't like Largo and I don't like Rosie, but they're the only two outside of um, what's her face, the Alicia? girl Alicia. Outside of Alicia, they're the only two I have that give me bonus command points. So it's like, well. I guess I might as well use them to get the bonus command points. Unless there's like a situation that just doesn't call for them. And usually that's Largo because there's not tanks everywhere. Yeah. So having a, a, a Lancer, even though he gives an extra command point, might not be the best decision because you might need the extra useful soldier. <clears throat> How do you feel about snipers? Because my attempts at using snipers have all been met with failure. I usually Their have just isn't good enough. I usually have one. Well, I'm I'm actually really good with the snipers. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I I try to aim. I try to put it on their head, but it's like, ah, uh, well, we're just gonna miss. Hang on, hang on. You're playing this on big picture mode, so you're using controller, right? Yeah, but there's the difference. No, you can get it. I mean, no, I can no, still no, no, get no. it right on their head. I've uh, been uh, using, uh, well, I should say I used mouse and keyboard, and I never had it where I missed. Well, uh, well, uh, well unfairly, I should say. You're just lucky, because I also have played this on mouse and keyboard, and or maybe I, same results, same results. Maybe I'm just some sort of idiot savant when it comes to uh, <laughs> snipers in these games, because I'm really good at snipers in this and in XCOM. The only way that I seem to be able to get snipers to work is to move them up close enough that a different troop type would be better. Because they're, like, they're most effective for me at somewhere between medium and short range. And it's like, well, if I'm at medium range, I should just use a scout. And if I'm at short range, I should use an assault. So what's the point of the sniper for me? But I keep using them as I level them up and upgrade their equipment. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping, like, you know, their accuracy will get better. Because, I mean, they can, the times that they do hit, I mean, they're basically a one-hit kill on anything except a hero unit, as long as they're not in cover, yeah. if you get a headshot. So, 
I'm just hoping that the equipment gets to where headshots become a lot more reliable. Because it's like, well, I could do one headshot and hope for the best, or I could score like three body shots, but if I'm going to do three body shots, that's three turns, and an assault trooper could run up there and kill him in one. So, Well, the thing with the sniper is a lot of times that you could uh, get them in a, uh, on a tower or something, you know, something that gives you a lot of sight. Yeah, I do use them for scouting a lot because they can do that. And from there, you know, just pick off the dangerous units. Yeah. I usually use them to mop up because, uh, I mean, body shots are reliable. It's the headshots that they always seem to miss. But body shots are usually pretty reliable. So I'll, you know, send in other units and have them shoot. And it's like, okay, who's a target I could pick off? And then I'll use my sniper to do that. I don't use the tank very much either. Yeah. I, I mostly use the tank just for rolling cover. Yeah, I usually use the tank for either rolling cover or uh, uh, whenever I'm trying to rush, if I have to break something uh, that I don't think my troops could handle, I'll soften it up with the tank and then uh, send in the troops. Yeah. Yeah. I've got the tank and the tank babysitter who just repairs the tank because the tank draws <laughs> all the fire from everything. Well, that's as soon your as instant it rolls dial, uh, situation is that, you know, you lose the tank, you lose the uh, engagement. That's true. And I mean, I always put the tank in the most dangerous situations because it's just cover for all the troops. Like I'll stack them. Like I'll have all seven other people behind the tank from time to time, especially on that desert map, which I just finished in chapter six. Yeah. Which doesn't have a lot of cover. Yeah. Once you get past the, the first little base and you're assaulting the second one, it's just an open, open plane. So I'm like, well, I'll just drive the tank up and everyone else can fall in line behind. Yeah, I used the snipers so much on that map. That's the one map where I really used the snipers. I actually put a second sniper in my squad and I was running two snipers. I usually use two snipers. I usually use either one or none. Hmm. I'll, I'll go for one engineer, three scouts, uh, two assaults. See one and three is four, two is six, and then I if I need them, comp. if I need them, it two lancers. Otherwise, I'll put in two more salts. But, uh, yeah, I'm I really like it. I'm going to continue to play it. It'll probably be one of the only story games that I finish this year. Because I mean, usually I'll play story games up to a point and then quit for one reason or another. And it's like well, I just never. I'm not go going to let you quit divinity on me just yet. Well, no, no, we're not there yet. <laughs> so the other game I played this week uh, was an MMO, Digimon Masters Online. Uh, I was a, a big fan of Digimon when I was a kid, uh, middle school, even up into high school, and I, I've fallen off for the new stuff. But yeah, wasn't you know, there was, a new movie out very recently for Di uh, Digimon? It had a new series, a new anime series. I thought they eventually uh, said that was a movie. They might have made a movie, but I do know that it has a, a series with like eight or ten episodes on Crunchyroll. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, I uh, so I, I it's free to play. So I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Might be my next MMO to play for a month or two. Downloaded it, played it, or opened it, played it. It's a mess. God, it's a mess. I mean, it's very reflective of um, Eastern MMOs. Um, Grind fest. Like, yeah. Well, not only that, but the screen is just a mess. There, I had maybe 
uh, a 640 by 480 pixel box in the middle where there weren't like menus and text boxes and oh, dear God. clickables. And it's like, I have all I this screen that, real estate. I noticed that they don't show uh, any of the UI. Yeah, that's because the UI would be the entire screen, sh- the the entire screenshot if they did. It's terrible. So that's a huge point against it. Well, um, okay, okay. I went into the uh, the our community hub and uh, found some screenshots, and wow, there is a lot of UI here. Yeah, I, I mean, I, not n- nearly as bad as you were, as I was expecting. I was expecting old school EverQuest, or have you ever seen the original interface for EverQuest? I've never seen the original interface. Okay, uh, chowder away while I go find that. Well, I mean, it could be once you get farther in, it's fine. But I had all this tutorial garbage all uh, over the okay, screen. Okay, okay, that's probably for what it like is because uh, the, uh, this doesn't have any tutorial stuff. And it lasted for a long time. I played it for an hour, and I never got out of the tutorial areas. And I just was like, I can't take it anymore. Plus, the game doesn't look very good, and it it doesn't look very good in like an oh, you know, it's it just doesn't like look up to modern stand it just looks bad the the colors are are at least in the starting area they're very washed out and bland so aesthetically it doesn't look very pleasing the graphics look like they're about 10 years old okay. it's got uh, i found what? i found the uh jpeg okay i want you to it- click this and then tell me your immediate reaction this is the actual ui that everquest launched with and this is uh, not make up, made up, and this is. I would say this is uh pretty much just standard what you'd see while leveling. Okay. And remember, this is a low resolution because you know it was back in the day. Immediate reaction. Uh, that's a lot of stuff. Okay. Uh, well, I that's played... not horrible. The thing is, I played EverQuest uh, back in the day. Uh, uh, help options, persona, spells, view. That's uh, standard. The uh, icons to the uh, right of that is your spells, and that's all the spell slots that you had. To regenerate mana, you had to sit down and up your spell book, which covered your view, which is to the right of that. The more vups you had, the more view you lost. Well, the thing is, is that this UI is, even though there's a lot of crap there, it's clean. It it looks organized. The Digimon UI is just a mess. I'm sure you could organize it to look nice, but it looked, it just was, everything about the game was unenticing. I was not drawn in in any sense of the way by the opening story act. There wasn't really any, like, interesting, like, opening, like, no opening cutscene like wow or a lot of M- other mmos mm-hmm. have there's no fun little hook in the beginning it just drops you in like this dark brown gray hallway with some npcs that you run past and it's like here's a tutorial here's a tutorial go farther down the hallway there's a tutorial here's another tutorial and then eventually i say eventually it was probably only like 15 minutes it felt like forever but only about 15 minutes really it teleports you to this city and it's like, welcome to the hub city. And it's like, there's no one here. The city is <laughs> empty. How is this a hub? Go over here. And it's like, you go to this like generic building and it's like, here's more gray stuff and more tutorials. And it just was like, 
everything about this game said to me, yeah, I'm going to be really tedious and boring and not fun until you've played for like 800 hours. And I just don't have the time in my life for things like that. <laughs> uh, really tedious and boring. Other words, uh, known as Super Dungeon Bros. I mean, normally I like things that are tedious and maybe even a little bit boring, but... I mean, they, you know, this just did not have any positive points for me to latch uh, okay, onto uh, well, okay. to keep uh, me here, going. I think I figured it out. Uh, I, I was about to say, you know, sort of like your truck simulator or something like that, but it's not tease or boring. It's engaging for your truck because you're still, you know, you're interacting with the world. And so it's, uh, you're lacking that engagement with this. Yeah. I mean, maybe it comes, you know, maybe I just like got to the cusp of it, but it's like that argument. It's like, well, I don't want to endure all this garbage just to get to the good stuff. It's like all the reviews I've seen for, was it Final Fantasy 13 or 12? Yeah, it's it Final uh, Fantasy 13. Well, uh, well, 12 had the same syndrome where, you know, it's a really good Final Fantasy if you put 20 hours into it. Yeah. Which, and I get that, you know, that's why I haven't really jumped on Final Fantasy 13, uh, is that, it's uh, a hell of a time investment to maybe a good game and there's yeah. three of them and you have to, and I think all three of them have the same problem. You have to get past all the bullshit to get to the good part. Yeah. Another thing that this game lacks that really bothered me is there's no character creation at the beginning. You're given four people that all look almost exactly the same. They have different hairstyles. Wow. And that's them racist. Are taller than others. But they're all that, just like wearing white t-shirts and shorts. So, so they all look the same to you. Wow, Jared. Wow. They do all look the same. It's like, this is supposed to be a girl. That doesn't look like a girl. It does, also doesn't look like a boy. It just looks like a homogenous person. It's like if Please an don't alien tell me was you like, it's, it's like if you said to an alien, it's like, hey, draw a person. Like, that's what an alien would draw. Just like a generic human. So, it just has none of the hooks that MMOs usually have to draw you in, and I get a feeling that this game is going to be like that all throughout, and sure, there would absolutely be interesting parts. I'm not, like, dismissing that the game has nothing to offer, but I get the sense based on the design that I saw. It's like, you're going to have to go through this, you're going to have to love the grind, we'll give you some cool stuff every once in a while, but we need to get back on that treadmill, and I don't I don't want that. Yeah, I'm noticing... Okay, here's the consistency I'm getting with the Steam reviews. All the well-thought-out, long uh, reviews are negative on the store page, and all the, you know, me-me, very short reviews are uh, uh, the positive ones. Yeah. So I mean, sure, there's a couple that break the mold, but a lot of uh, the longer ones are the negative reviews, and they're Let's see, here's the one that has over 300 hours uh, talking about it uh, negatively. I'm talking about yeah. how it's pay to win. Yeah. If I want a tedious game that's pay to win, I'll just go play Eve some more. <laughs> well, aren't you already uh, paying for Eve? Yeah. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Let's move on to our first news topic. <laughs> we're we're way over time. We're running behind. So let's move, on to, our, right, let's well, move on to our first news topic. 
Scalebound is unexpectedly canceled. Yeah, uh, this one uh, really came out of nowhere. Just all of a sudden, no, uh, remember that game that came out that, uh, okay, if I recall correctly, Scalebound was the one that was the metal dragon fighter. Yeah. I, I think I mocked it a bit just because of how over the top it looked, but you know, I think you loved it for that. I did. I was really looking forward to this game. I mean, I have an Xbox sitting in my living room, and 99.99% of the time, it's to to watch Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime stuff, and only 0.01% of the time does it get used to play games. And I'd actually like to play it some play games on it some more. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd like some nice exclusives. Halo kind of sucked. I'm, you know, we'll get to it later, but I am looking forward to Halo Wars 2. But, you know, I would like to use the console some more. But, you know, they had to go and cancel it, which what it boils down to, the best that we can tell and the best that most people in the industry seem to can tell is that Microsoft, uh, the publisher, wanted way more than Platinum was comfortable or felt like they could achieve. And eventually it just got to the point where it's like, okay, we're just going to have to cancel it. And also, supposedly, uh, they had some severe uh, developer burnout, and they had to take some time off. But this was one story that I heard. And by the time they came back, they realized that there was no way that they would make the publisher's uh, schedule. Yeah. This game has been in development for, I think, three years that we've known about. I wouldn't be surprised yeah, which, if it had actually which been it, in development for a long Yeah, which is throwing away at this point, really? Uh, I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, granted, like, we don't know how you know how far away from being uh, completely done, but at the same time, the E3 demo uh, looked uh, pretty done. Granted, well, uh, uh, you know, that is a demo for E3, but you know they ha- they're not going to make completely custom assets for that. Yeah, well, there were rumors that have been floating around at you know unconfirmed at this point in time, but that those were massively uh, doctored vertical slices yeah which and that they it's hardly uh, new for e3 no it's not but you know that those were put together specifically to show off at e3 um and then some of the other footage that they've shown in kind of the less controlled game mm-hmm. like the ai wasn't working and this was earlier stuff before e3 2016 um i think it was after e3 2015 the concept stuff they were showing uh the ai was broken and um, elements in the world just didn't make sense, and there was all kinds of placeholder stuff. And you know, the the big rumor is that they couldn't get it working on a technical level, and that the artistic stuff was, you know, doable. Yeah, which but, the, uh, yeah, the game is technically broken. You know, uh, there's a lot of stuff that has to be going uh, going into that, and uh, I could see see it more there. But it's also it's really coming down to. I think we're going to see something more of this in the future is that developers are just under way, way too much pressure for these really unrealistic schedules. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be crunch time. There's always going to be, you know, that mad dash to the finish, you know, the last week or two. But it seems like developers are extending that crunch time more and more and more and more to the point that, they're completely wrecking projects that are in years of development, Tom. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they could figure it out if they had two or three more years and honestly more powerful hardware, which Scorpio's coming, which is more powerful than 
Yeah, but doesn't uh, Xbox uh, One? Uh, but... Is Microsoft trying to do the same thing that PlayStation is, and they're not having exclusive games for the Scorpio? It has to be both. Yeah, that's what they're trying to do. Although there has been some talk, and I don't know, you know, if this has been confirmed or not. But at one point they were saying, well, at, in the beginning we want everything everywhere, but going forward it's going to function like a mobile platform, and eventually you'll, you know, get far enough behind that games just won't work on your console. But I don't know if they've backed out of that or if that's still a thing. That came after E3 at another conference last year. Uh, Gamescom, maybe? Yeah, so let's see. So uh, eventually we'll have the uh, Xbox Sagittarius and the Xbox Capricorn. <laughs> I want the Xbox Taurus. That's my, uh, my per- sign. Personally, I'm... Uh, Waiting for the Xbox Gemini. That way, uh, they have the S- uh, the SLI built in. Yo, it's just, <laughs> it's just two Xbox Tauruses put together, <laughs> duct taped together. Um, so. unfortunately, eventually loop back around to the Scorpio, or maybe it'll be uh, uh, the Xbox Scorpio two, and then the Sagittarius two, and we'll get back to the <laughs> Xbox three hundred and sixty. Um, but. I mean, I'm sad that Scalebound got canceled. Although I would rather it be canceled than come out and be just True. a mess. I and I think they've they've gone the way like they're doing what Blizzard does a lot of times. Like Blizzard will get really far on projects and then realize, you know, oh, this is going to be it's not working from a technical standpoint. It's not working, and the cost to fix it is not going to be offset by the amount of sales that we get. So it's just a money pit. Let's cut our losses and try again. Yeah, which. Uh- Platinum is able to do through uh, Microsoft. So I do uh, I, I praise them for that, but at the same time, they shouldn't have been forced into this situation to begin with. And I really yeah. think we're going to see more of this in the future if the industry doesn't change, where these big projects just fall apart, or they're just shoved out uh, until uh, the customers really start playing a lot smarter. Because right now, <laughs> just look at last year's AAA releases. Yeah. I, the vast majority of them were either completely broken on launch or had some severe issues on launch. Yeah. Uh, when we were trying to come up with the best of 2016, it was, uh, I had to go to a, what's essentially a double A title these days for, uh, Civilization. Cause yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call Civilization a triple A game personally it, because it's so niche now. Well, we've had that conversation a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, well, we're having, well, we've had the conversation about developers a couple of times as well. Yeah, that's true. And that's not stopping us. <laughs> Nothing ever does. But, but, um, well, 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 here's something else is that uh, Scalebound was uh, going to be an Xbox One and PlayStation 10 exclusive, which suggests that it was going to be on the Windows Store and not on Steam. So that's even worse for uh, Windows users because. <laughs> Good luck using the Windows Store. Yeah, that's still so, hot garbage. So, you know, uh, maybe they realized that, okay, pretty much uh, forget about getting the PC platform sales at all. Because ha- have they even had a good seller on the Windows Store yet? Uh, Gears 4 did well on the Windows Store. Um, because I, I'm, it, I know the uh, Call of Duty uh, on the Windows Store... Uh, uh, you know, there was like three people playing. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I think Gears 4 is the only game that's been a good seller on the Windows Store. Um, but, I mean, I didn't have a ton to say about it, just uh, since I was the one who did the news this week, and I like Scalebound, I wanted to talk about it. Well, you would have probably forced in the news anyway. Probably. I probably would put it in. I'm the one who is like, all right, we're going to do this and this and this. This week, does that sound good? Yes? No? All right. Let's do it. Eh, what the hell? I mean, I do two of the topics going to this already, so it's more of the, what the filler content was. It's yeah. just uh, things need to change in the uh, games industry on multiple fronts. This is just one of them. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of things that are changing in the gaming industry for the worse, let's talk about the Nintendo Switch. Oh wait, are, are we going to do that every time? Or did you? Or did you ever get around to watching the conference or that cringe fest? I didn't watch it. I okay, just... every time they said Switch. They snapped. Oh. No, or had that gonna. click. I'm not going to do that. No, I I was going to, and then I went, nah, I'll just read like a whole well, bunch well, of well, articles here's the thing. and uh, listen to like well, TV well, and Jim well, Sterling talk about it. Well, what got me on the Switch conference? Well, one, uh, I, I realized it was going to be in Japanese. I mean, that's natural. But they had a terrible, terrible translator. Uh, you would see uh, uh, them being really excited on uh, stage uh, talking and the Switch is going to be the newest console for Nintendo. Yeah, really, really monotone. And it sounded like he really didn't want to be there. <laughs> yeah. So how do we want to tackle this? We have like 87 articles. Uh... Well, let's go a uh, general overview on the Switch, uh, first of all. And uh, then we'll uh, kind of break down things. Okay, so when they first... I'm just going to... When they first uh, announced the Switch and they had their little three-minute reveal, whatever it was on YouTube and stuff, I was really excited. Like, that was excellent marketing by Nintendo. It's like... Oh, for you, at we've least. Got, we've got, like, these cool things, and our console was all about, like, being able to, to be the same as it is at home and on the go. And, I mean, I didn't care about, like, going to the rooftop parties or whatever, but, like... Well, you're not going clear. to a rooftop millennial party? I mean, I would love to, but I live out in the middle of nowhere, so I guess I could have a treetop millennial party. No, no, you just get the ladder, you go up on your roof, and there's millennials hanging out there. <laughs> oh. No idea why they're there, but they're there. <laughs> I guess I need to go up there then. Um, but anyways, you know, their marketing was really on point, I felt like. Uh, and then this conference, just like, they made it all convoluted and terrible again. It's like, well, we've got this thing, and we've got that thing, and it can do this, and it can do that, and yeah, there's this thing yeah, that doesn't yeah. make any sense, and here's this feature that we're not going to explain. And <laughs> I'm like, guys, what happened? You had it going on, and you just went and mucked it all up. I will say that I wasn't particularly excited <laughs> by their uh, trailer when it first came out, because it was like, and you could take it out on the go and go to your millennial party. It's like, I don't want to do that. As a matter of fact, I think I would hate all those people there. <laughs> I would personally hate every single one of them. Uh, so I was kind of apprehensive to going into it and seeing all the limitations, all the stuff that they're talking about. It's, uh, I'm not excited for this console. Well, well obviously, I wouldn't be too excited for the console anyway, but, you know, particularly in this one. 
<laughs> I'm still interested in it, but I'm much less interested. Like, when the first trailer came out, I was like, yeah, I want to go out and buy one of these right now. Now that I've seen this, I'm like, well, I think I'll wait and see how it's doing in, like, a year. I mean, not that I could buy one if I wanted it anyways right now. Yeah, cause... yeah, let's go ahead and jump into that. Uh, Nintendo is pulling their limited stock bullshit again. At least, oh, 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 here's the thing, is that they're promising that it won't have uh, stock issues, but then all the stores are getting, well, uh, there's some reports online that stores are getting 15 Switches to pre-order. What? 15? Yeah. I believe they said that uh, they were going to have 2 million units ready to ship worldwide at launch, <laughs> which is... I think that the Wii U, which was their worst-selling console in years, maybe ever, uh, sold a half a million units in the EU at launch. So uh, those two million units are mostly for Japan, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo sees the Japanese market, and they don't go beyond that. They're, And I think that's really apparent with how they've designed the Switch. Mobile gaming is absolutely huge in Japan still. Uh, cell phone games a, a bit, but it's more handheld still. The uh, Nintendo uh, DS, uh, mostly. Home consoles is second, and then uh, way, way down the list is PC gaming. Yeah. So that's why you'll never see Mario on a, a PC game. Uh, well, uh, Don't I, say never. We said Mario would never be on mobile. Well, I said Mario would never be on mobile devices a a couple of years no, ago, no, no, maybe no, even last year. No, no, no. Reverse psychology. Mario will never be on a modern PC game. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. R- ignore what I just said, Nintendo, because you definitely listen. Go ahead. Reggie. Prove Reggie me wrong. Prove me wrong. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, so, uh, Nintendo has their focus on the Japanese market, and the Japanese market is for handheld mobile uh, technology. That's what the Switch is in a nutshell. It is a tablet that has a dock. Yeah. I think it's fair to call it that. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, This is interesting. I want to... This is a tiny bit of an aside, but I know I've said on this show that in the future, we're, uh, you know, in at some point in the future, gaming is basically going to be, you will have one device that does everything, and you will come home, and it will connect to your TV or whatever the viewing devices are in the future, and you will play games from it. And I think this is like the first step to see if that's going to be right or not. Because, um, I mean, yeah, it's just a tablet dock that gives it some more juice so that it can run at 100%. Yeah. Because that was uh, confirmed. Yeah, the uh, uh, dock that goes uh, 1080p, doesn't it? Uh, 1080p 60? Or yeah, that's, their, that, that's their target, I should say. Right. And, and then Nintendo undocked, is, it's, uh, it's 72060 or 72030, I can't remember. 72030, but developers can opt for 72060 if they so desire. But the battery life is really going to suffer, and the battery isn't that great to begin with. Uh, well, well, it really depends on how you view it. I look at you know a, a two and a half to six hour, which they said that really depends on what you're running. And I'm going to uh, go on the low side of that for gaming. I would say two and a half, three and a half. That's pretty short for a handheld. Yeah. the. But if you look at it as a tablet, it's about average. Yeah, that's pretty average for tablet so that's gaming. So where, it's where you're looking at it from. 
And well, the the 3DS is only good for like five or six hours, so it's not. I mean, you know, that's not a ton more in comparison in the real world. You think, oh yeah, that's like double, but yeah, but I mean, also, it's not that for, much more time. But also, it's not a Tom range. That's true. That's true. So you don't know, you know, uh, your Legend of Zelda uh, may uh, get uh, two and a half, but uh, your Barber Man uh, may get, you know, the full six. We don't know. Yeah. So it, trying to figure out what's going on there is going to be, eh. And uh, can I talk about the peripherals? Sure. I mean, we don't really have a specific way we're yeah. doing this, so we can just jump from topic to topic. Well, yeah, like we usually do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nintendo is trying to sell this as a party machine. I think that's pretty evident in their trailer and how they've been uh, talking about all the uh, stuff that I could do. And Nintendo is shooting themselves in the foot with it because of the price of the peripherals. Because, yeah, the, oh, damn. The Pro Controller is 80 bucks, right? Yeah, uh, well, it's the last link on here. Okay. Or no, sorry, next to last, uh, the Niche Gamer one. Uh, no, 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 that's not it. It's the IGN one that's it. Uh, put another one in. Okay. Uh, the Pro Controller is uh, 70 bucks. The Joy-Con is 80 uh, which is the two little uh, controller set. Yep. Or individual ones are 50 a charging grip is 30 and you may think, well, you're getting one with the, with the console itself. Eh, wrong. The one that comes with the console is not a charging grip. It is a lump of plastic. I mean, it's just, I'm looking at this and thinking, what the hell, Nintendo? You're trying to sell this as a party machine, you know, set it up and, uh, you know, have a bunch of people around it. But in order to do that, you have to get a second set of, uh, Joy Cons. If you're going to do four or some Mario Kart, yeah. And the only that, thing on here that makes sense price wise is the dock. I still think that's a little high. But, uh, that, that is very high for a dock. But I can accept the, it. Everything else is about twice as expensive as it needs to be. Because uh, the, the Wii U Pro Controller is only like thirty five or forty bucks, and the Wii Motes are like twenty bucks. I mean, I guess the, the Joy-Con wheels like I could kind of see because it's a set of two. Yeah, but uh, I would say the uh, the dock is probably uh, I would say twenty bucks more expensive than it absolutely needs to be, uh, just because it's running a bunch of uh, stuff through it. But still, yeah. But the reason I can accept the dock is it's like, well, how many of those are you actually going to need? Like yours yeah. breaks or you lose it, or maybe on a trip uh, or something, or maybe a second one in the house or a second one at uh, another uh, place. Yeah, but. Outside of that, like, you know, you don't need to buy a whole bunch of them. But if you are going to do all the couch co-op stuff that Nintendo is, you know, the best at, well, you're going to spend, you know, a hundred plus dollars easily. Yeah, which, oh, you, and you don't get a game with it. <laughs> There's no packing yeah. games because they wanted to try to hit the $300 mark. But uh, here's the thing is that. Okay, they got the console itself down to $300 mark, but everybody's going to look at it and see, okay, I need to get a $50 game. Yeah. Or a $60 game. And, and they don't have, like, a cute little pack-in like they did with the Wii. Yeah. Uh, with Wii Sports. Yeah, it's uh, ridiculous. And the, How do you... and there's the obvious pack-in game and the rather laughable launch lineup. Maybe that's why they were doing it, 
Not because of price point. Well, price point may have been part of it, but five games on launch. I actually did a little bit of poking around. This is the smallest launch library I was able to find. And let's be okay. We have uh, Zelda, we have Bomberman, we have uh, one, two, three, Switch, or sorry, one, two, Switch, and what was the other two? Uh, the punchy thing. Isn't that a launch title? The whatever the punch uh, game on. is. I'm, I'm just double checking this. Uh, oh, there's Skylanders, and Just Dance. Yeah. So not a lot. Yeah, and oh, uh, and in March when this is launching, there's Snipper Clips, which I don't know. Uh, fast. Uh, sorry, this is just a small ass uh, JPEG that I found real quick. Uh, I can't read that. Uh, uh has been hero, and I am uh, Setsuta, uh in March. So. Five on uh, launch day, March 3rd, and then four more in March, with Mario Kart coming out in uh, late April. So, unless you're a Zelda fan, or really, really, really like Just Dance, unless one of these other ones are really good that I don't know about, I would say that there's nothing in the launch library until, yeah, spring, or mid-spring with Mario Kart, and uh, maybe a couple of the other ones here. Yeah, that and their uh, their digital back catalog, which is garbage. Their ROM back catalog. Oh, uh, oh but but you get one uh, for a month if you pay for the online service because it went pay uh, online service. Yeah, the one positive thing that I can think about this is that maybe because people have to pay for it now, Nintendo will actually have to make it work. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. I'm optimistic. Microsoft and Sony doesn't do that. Yeah, but Nintendo's is broken and it's free. So maybe they'll fix it when you pay money for it. They're running voice chat through a fucking smartphone app. They are not going to fix their online. Maybe they will. Just maybe. Maybe the stars will align and Nintendo will be Nintendo. (laughs) And they will Nintendo in a way that is Nintendoing. What the hell are you on and can I have some? Uh, because you coffee, must be high off your balls right now. Coffee and lack of sleep. Well, I'm running on that and I'm not that high. Well. Maybe I need to up the dosage or lower the dosage. <laughs> A Nintendo is not going to make their online worth the price that you're paying for it. Mark my words. And I want to be proven wrong on this, but I'm saying they will not make it worthwhile. And just the fact that... Here's how much thought that they put into this. Let's get back to the ROM thing. Okay. Uh, Sony and Microsoft, you get your uh, games for Windows... uh, Or, sorry, uh, Xbox Gold. Uh, Remember, I am a PC gamer, so I think games for Windows whenever I think Xbox and the sucky uh, things. Xbox Gold and then the PlayStation Plus free games. Yeah, you get those. And as long as you're subscribed, you have those games. Nintendo, you get a ROM or a digital uh, version of a NES or SNES game. 
I will say this. I will say, uh, I will give them credit for this, that they are making it so that multiplayer in these games will work through their service. So it's essentially an emulator that has net play. Yeah, shame PC doesn't have that. Oh, wait. <laughs> but, 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 here's, here's the, here's the thing. And this is just showing you the thought that Nintendo has put onto their online service. You get that for the month. Then when the month is over, you have to buy that game if you wish to continue playing it. I can hear you Googling this to make sure this no, no, is no, no, true. No, 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 I know that that's true. I haven't heard anything about the price for their service yet. Has yeah, it? I haven't, he- I haven't heard concerned. anything either. Uh, I've heard a lot of people saying they're expecting it the Xbox you know, $60 a year. You know, here's Because that's kind of the industry standard at this point. Here's what they should should do, and Nintendo won't do this because Nintendo is Nintendo, and they like to Nintendo. Uh, but what they should do is say, oh, if you pay for our subscription service, you have access to the entire NES and SNES back catalog that we have di- uh, digital versions for, f- and for as long as you're subscribed. And people, I could almost guarantee you that people would buy the Switch and put... Pl- Play, pay for the service just to have access to those games easily because i mean you know not one not everybody is is roms aren't hard but they require a little bit of technical knowledge and a lot of people don't possess that knowledge mm-hmm. and even when you get them working sometimes they just don't work properly yeah differences in you know hardware and screen resolutions and things can cause issues and frame rates on a lot of those games like a lot of the physics in old games is tied to frame rates and you know depending on on how good, yeah, the, depending on the uh, how good the emulator is, uh, right. some games uh, don't just don't work right. Matter of fact, well, I haven't tried it in years and years and years, but I've tried to go back to uh, Zelda sixty four uh, Ocarina of Time, uh, and it just was a broken mess. It just wouldn't work correctly. Granted, it probably is a lot better these days because it's been I would say ten years since I tried it. And now that I really think about it, damn, has it been that long? <laughs> but anyways, if Nintendo had said that, I bet there wouldn't be anybody bitching about Nintendo having a paid service because everyone would just reframe it as, oh, subscribe to the Nintendo's classic library. Yeah, but see, that would be uh, doing online services smartly. Yeah, that would be a proper and, uh, proper business, or an intelligent business decision that is uh, positive for the consumer. And Nintendo just likes to be wacky because they're Nintendo. Well, I, well, I, well, I said it yesterday while we were recording Rocket League. Nintendo is the apple of consoles. Yeah. Nintendo is not about the hardware. It is about the lifestyle. And you can tell that with their conferences. Yeah. And, and Microsoft and Sony are not anything like that. That's why it's always, you know, the big two and uh, Nintendo instead of the big three when it comes to the console market. Not just because of the market share that Nintendo has, it's because of how Nintendo works. You have pretty much the lifetime fans of Nintendo and anything that they'll shit out, they'll get. Yeah. So. Um... But 
I mean, I'm I'm hoping that that they do something about it, but I know well, they won't because they're Nintendo. Well, can we talk a little bit more about the hardware and the fact that uh, there's not even an Ethernet port on the dock? Sure. They, they're they running everything through Wi-Fi. And in order to have an Ethernet port, you have to use a dongle. So they are Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... um, I mean, granted, I know that isn't a huge deal breaker, but at the same time, uh, I like to think that the consoles work a lot better with the uh, Ethernet instead of uh, going through Wi-Fi. Because you're relying on whatever Wi-Fi device that they're putting into these consoles, and you know that it's probably going to be the cheapest that they could get that's a recent or that has a reasonable quality. Well, I can confirm for you that on Xbox, it doesn't really make much of a difference. At yeah, least not on the online Nintendo. stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when it comes to using it on Xbox, when it comes to using like apps and things like Netflix, Hulu, whatever, Wired is better. But for actually downloading things from the Microsoft store or trying to play online games, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Well, uh, funny that you mentioned downloading things because good luck with the switch. It has how much, uh, how much memory? 32. I believe gigs? it's got 32 gigs of built in memory. And, and then that's, you can and, well, and, well, 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 and uh, you don't even get the full 32 because that's also including, uh, that's the full system memory and the OS takes some of that. Yeah. But they do use SD cards, or you can expand that with SD cards, which they did with the Wii U. And I'm not sure about the Wii. I don't remember that far back. But you can do that on the Wii U. The Wii U only has 8 or 32 gigabytes of built-in memory, minus you know what you just said, system storage. But you can expand it with SD cards. I think the limit for the Wii U is 64 or 128 gigabytes. Uh, the Switch is, I think they said, 2 terabytes of expanded storage. Or is it one terabyte? Well, well, okay. Here's the difference, though, is uh, the Wii U and the Switch. The Wii U is not a portable console. The Switch, you, there's a lot more incentive to have downloaded games in it, into it. So you're going to be relying more on SD cards, which is slow compared yeah. to, uh, you know, your inside, your internal memory. Yeah. Or Up just carry recently... around a bunch of game cartridges, which it is a cartridge-based uh, system, and it's that's still SD cards essentially. Well, up until here recently, uh, SD cards only had a transfer rate of like 60 megabytes per second or something like yeah. that. Uh, and because of like GoPros and things, they actually had to go in and develop some new standards because a GoPro could record footage at a much higher bit rate than that. And so, you know, they, SD cards couldn't keep up. Yeah, which I do think this is using the new standard, so you can use the, uh, the high rate cards, but those are also a lot more expensive. And I think... It's more reasonable to expect consumers to use the cheaper alternative, at least for the time being. Yeah. Let's just go to Amazon and just search for SD card and see what I get. Uh, SD cards are still an expensive storage medium. 64 gigabytes, 33 bucks. I can buy a 500 gigabyte hard drive or... Uh, 250 gigabyte SSD for almost that much. Uh, that is well, buying well, the, SSD on the cheap, but still. Well, the thing is that the, you're not going to have a, a spinning hard drive in this. No way. No. If, no, if, no, there, no, no, if no there's way. a hard drive in it, it would have to be solid state uh, because it is a portable system. So that is a little unfair, but... Uh. What's the highest capacity SD card you can buy? Uh, I think Amazon's giving me a 
Amazon is giving me 128 gigabytes. I think that's the uh, the full limit right now. Well, if you want to buy a 128 gigabyte SD card, depending on brand, you're looking at anywhere from 80 to 200 bucks. So that's a very expensive memory expansion. Well, there are prototypes for one terabytes out there, but there's the theoretical limit for it is supposedly two terabytes. Is that just like size of components? Like that's just how much you can cram into yeah, that space? Yeah, it's really just getting down to just how much you can fit into that uh, space because, oh, you're running into some size problems there. That's what she said? I was waiting for that. How big can SSDs get? Storage-wise. Well, you got a lot more real estate to work with to begin with. That's true. That's true. Why do SSDs not come in the 3.5-inch uh, format? Because hard disks come in 2.5 and 3.5. I have a feeling it's probably just uh, because they're being sold for laptops a lot more. Yeah. And there's really no incentive for them to build uh, the larger ones just yet. Yeah. That makes sense, actually, now that I think about it for two seconds. See, looks like SanDisk is hoping to have an 8 terabyte SSD out by next year. Oh, no, that was from a couple years ago. So I guess they didn't. I could just go to Amazon and see what we got right yeah. now. SSD! Uh, two terabytes and up. Two, four. Oh, here's four. Looks like four terabytes are at the top of the the relevance list. Let's just go look at the most expensive. Those will probably be the highest size. Uh, nope. It's all the PCIe ones at like two and four terabytes that are the most expensive, like several thousand dollars. Wow. That's quite expensive. Yeah. How Wait, how big is that? Well, are we talking about metric or imperial? <laughs> oh, it's only four terabytes. Although that's a professional... Major professional enterprising hardware stuff. <laughs> Looks like four terabytes is the largest you can buy on Amazon. I mean, that doesn't mean necessarily that that's the the largest available, but consumer materials. Looks yeah. like four terabytes is the biggest you can get right now. But I suspect that will continue to rise. All right. Anyways, let's let's uh, get back on track here. Um, after our derailment. Yeah. Our take three. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Chrome. Yep. Okay, uh, what uh, else do you want to talk about on the Switch? Uh, or have we covered it? Well, we've covered my gripes, really. Uh, uh, the complete lack of the launch library is just ridiculous. But then again, yeah, well, here's the thing. is Maybe Nintendo is compensating for the fact that nobody's going to be able to buy this thing before Christmas 2017. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Uh, I mean, you hit all of the gripes that I had. I don't have any other gripes for it. I mean, I'm less excited than I was um, 
I'm not sure if it's physically possible for me to be less excited than what I was. You could be dead. No, I think that actually improves my excitement for it. <laughs> That'd be an improvement. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I want one still, but I'm not even going to consider trying to maybe get one sooner, you know, closer to release. I'll probably wait till Christmas and see how it does and if there's any good bundles. Because that's what I did with the Wii U. I waited until, I think it was the year after its launch at Christmas, and I got, like, the console and three or four games for, like, 350 bucks. Well, the thing is that uh, it's... I'm trying to think of where their selling point is for this uh, because it's not Zelda because you could get that for the Wii U. And honestly, uh, from the screenshots I've looked at, it's uh, the Wii U version isn't that far behind. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's primary audience, I think is Japan. The Japanese or, or, Maybe a little bit wider than Japan, most Asian markets, uh, just because of the difference in culture com- compared. Yeah. And then hardcore Nintendo fans. And then in a few years, uh, if it reviews well and if it actually works properly when it's in tablet mode and all that jazz, uh, maybe not in a few years, maybe in like a year, it'll get picked up a little more by the non-diehard Nintendo people like me. Uh, I just hope it does better than the Wii U. I mean, this is... I think it has I mean, to do like the necessary. Virtual Boy to do worse than the Wii U. Well, I mean, it it really needs to do better than the Wii U. I don't like. I'm not one of these people saying like, "Oh, this is Nintendo's last chance to do something; otherwise, they're going to be irrelevant." Like, I don't think that's the case. But this might be Nintendo's last attempt at making it sticking into the console market and not focusing more on handheld or mobile development. Um, and I hope it does well because we need as weird and as wacky and as kooky as they are. We need every major developer we can to to keep um you know each other in check and if we lose nintendo that leaves microsoft and sony and maybe valve maybe in a few more years if they get their act together and i don't like that landscape yeah it's uh things are just it's all homogenizing uh, it's the ea problem is that the bigger guys are swallowing up the smaller ones and you're going to end up with just a few big fish in the uh, pool and uh, dealing with what they shit out instead of having all the little guys. I am okay with a few big fish as long as there are a few and not just two. Well, that's the problem is that we're looking at just a, a few at this point and it's more not uh, the uh, they're vastly different enough that if you fall into one of those dishes that uh, one caters to, it is one fish. Yeah. And that's going to be part of the problem is that you're going to be looking at that and just seeing, okay, um, I'm really into platformers. So you know, it's pretty much Nintendo at this point. Yes, there are platformers on other systems, but you don't really have the Nintendo brand platformers other places outside of indie games on PC. Do you think that's yeah. fair to say? I think so. Um, or you like shooters. Well, you know, outside of Splatoon, you don't really have a lot on Nintendo that I could uh, think of offhand. Outside of Splatoon, I don't think you have anything on Nintendo. Or well, on the Wii U. Uh, that's Splatoon's like the big uh, shooter there. Yeah. Which uh, was... Uh, 
praised for being weird because, you know, it's a Nintendo shooter. You don't see a lot of that. So you're trying to go to either PC, uh, PlayStation, or Xbox, depending on what you're looking for. I guess Wii U had two really crappy Metroid games. Those were shooters. Yeah, but I don't think we talk about those, right? No, we don't talk about those. Okay. Well, best of luck, Nintendo. You're weird and you're wacky, and I think half the stuff you're doing is stupid, but, you know, Nintendo surprises us. So Yeah, and sometimes uh, even in a good way. Yeah. So good luck, guys. Uh, and let's let's move on to a more positive outlook of the future, to with the games that we're looking forward to. Yeah, especially considering uh, you know a couple of days uh, things are not going to be very positive. Yeah, I'm not. Let's not think about that. <laughs> let's not. Actually, if you're listening to this and you're not somehow cheating, that's today. So. But we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to dwell on it. Let's think about happy Look, things. Let's put it this way. Only thing I'm looking about forward to Friday is you tweeting about it. Because <laughs> I know you're going to tweet about it. Yep. Yep. I think you would have to be dead for you not to be tweeting. I have a client at noon when it starts, and then I've got a break for a few hours. So oh, boy. be prepared for tweets. <laughs> And the thing is, oh, this tells you the lifestyle I lead. I go to sleep at about noon. Yep. Well, assuming I don't have just insomnia and I'm saying they're just wide awake like, okay, where's the mallet? <laughs> so, yeah, I'll be sleeping through that, thankfully. Wake up to some entertainment from me. I'll, I'll wake up to the apocalypse. Wake up like in The Walking Dead. Wake up in the <laughs> hospital. Like, what happened? But no, let's let's talk about games that we're excited that for that are coming out in 2017. Okay. Uh, we've each got six, and you based your number off of how many I had. So, yeah. um, we'll alternate. Uh, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Uh, you can go first. Okay. Well, mine are in their release order based on this just one website that I looked at. Well, a lot of mine um, are. Uh, to be determined on uh, releases, and I kind of cheated and I went through the Steam uh, upcoming list because I'll be honest, I looked at some of the upcoming lists and was like, "There's nothing here that I could say I'm excited for." Right. Well, my first game is Halo Wars Two. Uh, that comes out uh, a month from now, almost exactly a month from now, actually. Uh, and I mean, I love. I love the Halo universe. I've talked about it at length. Um, I love the expanded universe. I loved the earlier games. And I'm a huge fan of RTS. And it's very rare to find an RTS that plays well on console. Just because of, you know, the whole controller thing. Uh, not being great for RTS. But not only was Halo Wars a Halo game with a good story. Uh, but it actually was an RTS that controlled really well. On a controller. And I mean, yes, they definitely made compromises and sacrifices, but it played really well. And I spent a long time playing it. It was one of the only games that I got a 1,000 gamer score in, which was a, a per basically 100% complete. 
And so I'm really looking forward to the second one coming out. I haven't decided if I want to buy it on console or PC. Um, I probably will buy it on console just because you can stream from the Xbox to your PC, but you can't do it the other way around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that way I can play it if I want to sit on the couch or if I want to sit at my desk. I can play it in both places. But uh, I I really doubt... I mean, I'll, you know, i wait for the review, make sure it's not, like, broken, but... I mean, I I loved the first game. I loved the universe. So as long as it's not just a broken mess, I'll probably be buying this one brand new or really close to brand new. Uh, and I'm I'm excited for it. It's probably the game I'm most looking forward to this year. Um, although it does have a close second with another one of my games that's on this list, um, Mass Effect Andromeda. But I'll talk about that when I get down to it when it's my turn. What about you, Rage? What's your first one? Okay, my first one is uh, the new South Park game. South Park, the fractured butthole. Tee-hee. I will admit that I haven't completed the Stick of Truth yet, but I absolutely love the take of, you know, essentially a satire of the fantasy genre, really. Yeah. And the fractured butthole is a satire on the entire superhero genre. And that's, but it's not just, you know, the stick of truth with, you know, a superhero mask over it, if you pardon the turn of phrase there. <laughs> but they're really deepening the combat, which was really the uh, weak point of the stick of truth, because the stick of truth, once you set up properly, it was just, you know, a pretty much auto win. And then the game will throw a new uh, thing at you, and you have to figure out what to do with that. And, you know, then it's uh, pretty much barreling through again. Right. And uh, essentially the only uh, wild card was the summons, which you could use once per day, which the game takes place over three days. So you essentially get one set for the first day, one set for the second day, and one set for the third day, which all of them are essentially just an instant out-of-combat thing. But... You couldn't use them in boss fights. So it was more, you know, oh crap, I'm about to lose and I'm right at the, uh, just need to heal up. Right. Uh, use the summon uh, to end combat. And some were uh, kind of awesome, you know, like Jesus coming down out of the sky, putting on shades, and then uh, uh, shooting people with an assault rifle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the uh, Fractured But Holes combat is. Uh, a lot more strategic. I don't want to call it XCOM-like, uh, but it's a, a grid-based system where you're moving around and setting up combos. Uh, and it looks to add a lot more depth to the game. And plus, superheroes are kind of uh, the uh, uh, flavor of the month right now. And yeah. just the uh, fact that... <laughs> They're uh, making fun of both Marvel and DC in the trailer for this thing. Uh, just tells me that they're really going to be on point for it. At least I hope so. Yeah. I mean, it looks good. It's just I'm not a big fan of of South Park, which was the problem I had well, with the first one. Well, like, well, wow, this well, looks here, really well, good. Here's but... the thing. Here's the thing. Is I'm not a huge fan. I like South Park. But because of it's more of a general satire, that's what I was looking at. Yeah. And uh, that's where it uh, really shines for me. Granted, it does have its South Park moments. Like, there's 
one fu- you're okay this is gonna sell stick of truth for you okay okay there's one boss fight about halfway through the game where you're shrunk down and you're fighting oh un- inside no no you're fighting the underwear gnomes on your parents bed while they're fucking oh and you can see them fucking in the background in the end of the boss fight uh your father's balls come in and knock you off the bed <laughs> okay I think that sold the game to you just now, didn't it? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Although I could just watch that on YouTube as well. Uh, so. as, uh, assuming that you could... Uh, well, uh, well, you can find it. Uh, but, you know, YouTube probably uh, would frown on that. <laughs> probably. On, on that cutscene. Because YouTube doesn't like fun stuff. Especially that fun stuff. <laughs> you can't find nudity on YouTube, though. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, uh, a lot of times, uh, accidentally through thumbnails. Yeah. It's just the thing is that it's against their terms of service, usually, so... Mm. Uh, which, YouTube is really odd about how they handle that anyway, but... Getting back to the uh, stick of truth, and... Uh, it, it, because it's more of a general satire for me, I, it's... Um, yes, it has it's a lot of South Park references. And... Uh, some of them are lost on me, I will admit. Uh, but it's a lot of the older South Park references as well. So, yeah. uh, I still get them. But it was more of, for the fantasy genre, uh, yeah, uh, making fun of, you know, uh, one of the few times I actually support Cartman because he wants to kill the stinking elves. <laughs> yeah, you and your thing against elves because of Dwarf Fortress. Yeah, uh, well, uh, if you ever played Dwarf Fortress and uh, spent any time trying to deal with the elves, you would hate them. Trust me. Poor elves. The dwarf, uh, the the elves are uh, tree hugging hypocritical bastards who will try to kill you if you harm a tree. Doesn't sound very fun. And they'll they'll actually cut off trade relations with you if you try to sell them things in a wooden bin. And no, I'm not. Well, everybody joking. likes a little wood. They'll they'll cut off trade relations with you if you try to sell them glass products because glass products are use ash in them, which you get ash from burning wood. You get ash from Pokemon. Ah, ah, ah that was bad. I'll leave now. Uh, sorry, I didn't catch him that one. <laughs> oh, it's a zinger right there. Yeah, unlike what Ash usually does. <laughs> okay. Um, are we ready to to move on down the line? Yeah, I think so. Okay, my second game is For Honor, uh, which is the Ubisoft third-person brawler thingy uh, that, frankly, looks amazing and the, has the best spokesperson ever, the Pirate King at E3. Um, I've, I've been looking at this forward to this game since last, or I guess E3 2015. I think that was the first place that it was announced. Um, and they, uh, 
originally it was going to be multiplayer only, which I was kind of eh on, but it still looked really cool. So I was like, ah, oh, this could be a bargain game for me one day. And then they've since added co-op and single player content. Yeah, but it's online only still, or, or online required. Uh, that hard. Well, I mean, that might be true, and that sucks, but... Yeah, I'm pretty I mean, sure, unless they changed it very recently, it's an online required game. You have to be online to play, even single player stuff. Well, I mean, I'm never not online. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not the problem of, of connection required. You mean when the servers go down? Yeah, it's when, yeah, oh, it's when either the servers go down, your internet's down, or something in between is fucked up. That's the problem yeah, but there'll of be a internet crack. connection required. Somebody will put out a crack for it, and then I'll you get that. But regardless, the reason I'm most excited for it is that my mom likes this game. She likes the look of it, and so we're going to get it and play together. And I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> I mean, I'll have to carry her the whole time. I mean, I, I love my mother, but she's really bad at this kind of game. Uh, and she doesn't learn very well. It took her a long time to learn how to play WoW. And WoW is very slow uh, and easy to actually p- just play. But Especially if you play a hunter. Fun. But it'll it'll still be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I love how you just ignored that. <laughs> yeah. You played a hunter, didn't you? I played... Uh, several hunters. <laughs> well, I'm just making fun of hunters because that's... Uh, well, at least when I played, that was the token easy class. I'm not sure if it still is. Uh, I don't I don't know. It's been a while since I've played. I mean, I I didn't feel like it was too easy last time I played one of my hunters. But, I mean, it's been year. you know... It had been a while since I'd played anyways, and many changes had happened. But regardless, I, I'm looking forward to For Honor. It, it looks good. I hope it's good. Uh... And it, as long as it's good, it'll be a game I can play with my mommy. Aww. And that'll be fun. So, that's that's that. Your turn. Okay, my next one is Be Cheating. Because technically it's out now, but this is an early access game, which should come out early access this year. Divinity Original Sin 2. Because, well, we're p- currently playing the first one. And supposedly the second one is... The first one, but it greatly improved on all aspects. For example, the multiplayer, you could have four people instead of just two. Yeah. Which, uh, there are mods to allow uh, four people co-op in uh, Divinity Original Sin, but you know, it's mods and not the base game. And there's different races in Divinity Original Sin 2, and it's just, uh, I can't really talk a lot about it because I haven't looked into it enough because I'm not willing to spoil myself. Not just for this game, but the original, because it, they could be talking about story parts from the original game, and I don't know about them. So this is more, you know, my blind pick, just based on what I played with the video original Sin. Yeah. And plus, it's also uh, Studio Lauren, and they do amazing stuff. So, yeah, Did- that that's my kind of just blind pick. <laughs> Yeah. Was that the one that you cheated to, to bring on the list? Yeah. Yeah, to, to match me in numbers. Yeah, essentially, because, like I said, it's available right now, but it's a it's an early access RPG. You do not play early access RPGs. No, you don't. Well, I mean, you could, but you shouldn't. Um, okay, well, my next game on the list is Mass Effect Andromeda. 
as far as series go, the Mass Effect series is my favorite series of all time. I just love the overarching story, um, even the convoluted and kind of crummy ending. I still enjoyed it because it was the ending to my journey and yada yada, all that. Uh, and Andromeda is the next step. It's been how many years? Four? Five years since a Mass Effect game? Um, oh, no, I didn't and- play three. I, with the whole th- controversy surrounding three with the ending and uh, then it blew up into the whole, well, you're just entitled. I, I just lost all interest in playing Mass Effect. It has been five years since Mass Effect 3 came out. Um, so I am I'm really looking forward to another adventure through the Mass Effect universe. Uh, all of the pre-game stuff looks pretty good, like the stuff that they released. Um, I'm excited to go to a new universe, kind of be set aside from the whole, you know, Reaper saga and Shepard. Like, I love Shepard as a character, but I'm really glad they didn't go back and try and do a prequel or somehow tack a fourth game on to the, the trilogy because there's really nowhere they could have gone that would have done that story justice. Um, Maybe they could have put a fourth would... game in and actually put in the proper ending. <laughs> um, uh, or, but... or do DLC and say... Uh, Okay, well, fix it in DLC. Here, have uh, give us 15 bucks. They did do that, though. Oh, they did? Uh, like I said, I didn't pay attention to Mass Effect they 3. Changed, because- they changed the ending and added a whole bunch of, of stuff to it to flush it out a little bit more. Oh, they added and another then they color? Added, and then they added DLC, which had like some other stuff, and it's like, this is the true ending to the game. Uh, the rest of that so- was just a, a terrible fever dream. But... Uh, acid, uh, uh, he, he took acid and had this dream where there was all these colors. But anyways, I'm glad that they didn't continue to or attempt to try to continue the Shepherd saga. So I'm I'm looking forward to it again. This is probably a game I'll buy pretty close to release as long as it's not a broken mess. Uh, I have no idea how I'm going to buy it, though, because I know from like it just won't work on Xbox One. It It just won't. So I'm going to have to decide if I want to buy it on Origin, at which point in time I'm going to have to go, well, do I want to buy the other three Mass Effect games and then disappear off the face of the planet for about four months? I'll be be texting you, Jared, Jared, it's time to record. Not yet. I'm almost uh, to the point where I'm a fucking Joker or something because you've (laughs) modded Joker into one of the sex scenes. Uh, There is... There is rule 34 of Joker having sex with characters. Also Just, known as rule 34. Indeed. Indeed. Um, Which so I, yeah, that's I my, know I have one of the Mass Effect games on Origin, but um, I'm actually trying to beat up Origin right now to see which one. I think it's Mass Effect 2. Yeah, I hate that Mass Effect 3 never came out on Steam. But, I mean, you know, it's smart. If you want to play the whole trilogy, it's smart, a smart business move. If you want to play the whole trilogy, you have to go to Origin. Smart business move, but it fucks over consumers. So I hate it. That's another reason why I didn't buy Mass Effect 3. Yeah. Let's see. The Mass Effect trilogy. Oh, it's only 30 bucks? Does Uh-oh. it have all the DLC included? No. There, there, was never a, uh, there, there was never a complete package for Mass Effect 2. In order well, to get there- the DLC for Mass Effect 2, you have to get the Bioware points. You could buy in in stores because you could buy the trilogy and it had all the DLC even for Mass Effect Two. Like you could buy the physical package and it had like a a code inside that you put in and it gave you all that garbage. Oh man! Oh, 
be be still my beating heart. Only thirty dollars. Uh oh. I'm just, I'm gonna I'm um, gonna hold uh, off for now. Kyle, Kyle, can, can you hear me? I, I I may need you. But you you bet your ass I'm gonna buy this soon. I'll wait till I get my hard disk back because I mean there's no way all three of these games will fit on my SSD. But I think it's I think it's time for another romp through the Mass Effect universe. Oh boy! One more time. There's no way I'll make it. Maybe I'll play all three, and then that's when I'll buy Andromeda once I finish the trilogy again. Yeah. Okay. Well, or just finished uh, installing updates, so I'm seeing which one I have. Let's see. Oh, it's my game library. I don't use this often enough. I have Mass Effect 2, the base version. Okay. I have actually a lot of games on Origin. Uh, uh, Free games? Yeah. I have Dragon Age that I haven't gone through in ages. I have the first and third Dead Space. <laughs> the uh, best and the worst. Yeah. I guess I'll... If I ever want to do a series on all three of them, I guess I'm going to have to buy the second one or just wait for him to eventually give it away. Yeah. Uh, but I also have one of the better, uh, well, one of the underrated, uh, uh, games on here as well. Jade Empire. Yeah. Jade I think Empire. that's, a, I think that's a really underrated game. one. Don't you? It is. It's a, it's a really good game. I'm a little sad that they never continued it, but with the way they've gone these days, I almost, don't want them to do a Jade Empire now. Yeah. Because I just see what they did with Dragon Age. Because uh, nothing against the current Dragon Age. It's just I far prefer how they handled Dragon Age Origins uh, combat-wise. Yeah, I prefer its combat to Inquisition's combat, but Inquisition is still a good game. It's, I mean, it's still got the Bioware writing, which is what makes those games, so. Uh, anyways, is it is it your turn? It is your turn. Yeah. Uh, another one that I can't talk a lot about, uh, mostly because uh, there's not a lot known about it just yet, as far as I know. Uh, Warhammer 40k Dawn of War 3. I never really played the first Dawn of War. I have it, or at least part of it. They had the gold edition now on Steam, and they eventually gave away part of it. But I absolutely love playing Dawn of War 2. I'd never beat it. <laughs> so, there, there, there's a lot of games that you know I play uh, several hours of, and then I just put down and uh, step away from, and Dawn of War 2 kind of suffered that. But it was a squad-based RTS, almost MOBA-esque, where you're controlling individual units instead of this massive army. Yeah. Uh, but I absolutely loved it. Uh Granted, I didn't really get into the lore. That was my problem with Space Marine, is that I've never sat down and figured out the lore or read through the books or anything. So I don't have the knowledge to say, oh, well, it's uh, it's that guy. Or, you know, uh, know the backstory of all the units and everything. So I'm not yeah. at, at invested in it. But I will say that I absolutely love playing Donna War and... I hope that the second, well, sorry, the third one uh, lives up to what the second one did. And it seems like they are doing that. Yeah. Not, I mean, I know some of, I think we had this conversation a couple weeks ago. I know yeah, some of the Warhammer lore, but not yeah, a ton. Well, yeah, when I talked about Space Marine finishing that off. 
yeah. So I won't have that conversation again. Then. Yeah, but uh, you could, well, you can see on the screenshots, a lot of it is a very very small amount of units. Yeah, but it looks like they may be bringing back base building, which was something that they took out of Dawn of War Two. Which I'm, I'm, I'm not sold on having to have base building in an RTS if they set it up right. Yeah, uh, something like how the uh, company of Heroes games does it, where it's uh, uh, you don't have your uh, your production lo- or you don't have the uh, the resource production. Sorry, I was blanking on a word there. Uh, in your base, instead, you're capturing nodes to generate resources over time. I like that style, but whenever you start getting into the StarCraft stuff. Uh, it really depends on how they set it up. Yeah, you know, where you have your produ- your resource production in base, and you have to uh, watch for people sniping your production there instead of having the battle out in the field. Yeah. Okay. Well, my next game is the one outlier on my list. I think uh, ukulele. Um, I honestly don't know if I'll actually play this game. But I'm really excited to see it uh, because of a lot of the discussions we've had, uh, you know, on our time so far on the podcast with yeah. this, with like, you know, the game industry like goes the wrong direction. It abandons things that people, you know, still want, but they think that it's moved on. You know, they take the wrong lessons from things. Um, Nintendo. Yeah. But uh, it's nice to see uh, a, a 3D platformer built by, you know, some of the people who made a great one in the past um, and all the support that this game got. I mean, who knows? I might play it. Yeah, I, if didn't, it's... I didn't see about this. Uh, who's making this? The The same people who made Banjo-Kazooie. Oh, really? Yeah. I was about to say that uh, I'm looking at the screenshot or the art of this. It looks like a uh, platformer. Uh, 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 this is going to sound really like a backhanded compliment, but it looks like a high texture uh, pack on a 90s platformer. With, I mean, that's basically what it is. I mean, that's what Banjo-Kazooie and Donkey Kong Country, which is the other game that they did, or I guess are famous for, um, are 90s platformers. Uh, so, I just, I'm really excited, and I hope that this sort of thing gets picked up, because there's a few Kickstarters this year. There's this, and what's the one that was the, the Castlevania dev is making? Um, uh, I don't know offhand. Well, whatever the 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 dev behind Castlevania is making a Kickstarter game that's supposed to release this year, uh, you know, another genre that many people consider dead or dying, and you know, it received millions of dollars in backing because people actually want those games, and good versions of those games really don't exist or are very very hard to come by these days. But people still want new games, you know, that capitalize on advances in technology in those in those genres. So. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the trailers for this, and it it does remind me of the 90s uh, genre. Yeah. So, just as long as it doesn't go the Mighty Number no. 9 route. Oh, Hopefully boy. it's not that, uh, and it's good. Yeah, but, we never you know, really talked about that. <laughs> well, yeah, but it was a huge flop, terrible, lots of problems. And also... A lot of drama with their PR person just uh, being terrible. Like an anime fan on prom night. Ugh. It'll have you 
what was it? It'll have you crying like an anime fan on prom night. There you go. That's it. I found that funny. Uh, but, like, funny in, like, a you guys are dumbasses sort of way. Yeah. But, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. No idea if I'll play it. I might pick it up to have something to play with the kid, actually, now that I think about it. Um, but we'll see. You know, just as long as it's not a broken mess and the the dev cycle or, you know, the devs did a good job, which the stuff that we've seen seems to indicate that they've done a good job. Whereas Mighty Number no. 9, you know, the signs were there for about a year that the game was not going to be so Yeah, but the so problem good. was that uh, that was after their Kickstarter ended. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully it's good. I mean, we'll find out in April. Actually, I think this comes out right after my kid's birthday, as long as the release date doesn't get pushed. Uh, yeah, the 11th. My kid's birthday is the 8th, so. Yeah, so, uh, well, the thing is that I would never count on release dates uh, holding up. Yeah. Well, I mean, these that have dates, I I doubt they'll move that much, maybe like a month or two. But the last two on my list are just like they have quarter numbers beside them. So, I, you know, ultimately I expect them to get pushed to 2018, but. Hell, yeah. uh, one game from my list last year, Cuphead, it was uh, slated for summer of last year, and it still isn't out. Yeah, Cuphead's supposed to come out this year, though. It's yeah. got, uh, I think, a yeah, hard th- release date. Yeah, I was thinking about putting it on the list, but I decided not to. Mostly because I talked about it last year, and there's not l- really a lot more to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, this next game you have, though. Looks interesting. Yeah, th- I was picking through the Steam uh, library, uh, looking at uh, upcoming games, because I'll be perfectly honest, I looked at some of the upcoming game lists on uh, different sites, and, well, let's put, let's put it this way, it's pretty much the same list on every single site. I, I think that's about fair to say, most of them were uh, on the AAA side of things, maybe with the yeah. larger uh, indie games as well. And a lot of them were either ones you had on your list or just didn't appeal to me. Right. So I started picking through the Steam library looking for something interesting, and I found something. It's called Foxhole. This is an MMO war game. And it's you can technically play it now, but it's, uh, it, I'm kind of cheating once again. It's in the very early stages. So I'm expecting a release late this year or uh, next year. Yeah. It's a a top-down sort of isometric. I'm not sure if it has a 3D camera or not. I actually didn't check that. Uh, Shooter. But the thing is that it's almost planet-side-like. Well, it is planet-side-like where you're – it's depending on the players and it's all uh, just a sandbox where you're able to build – all your defenses and everything. You have your uh, mining sites, that, well, your salvaging scrap. You take those to factories and uh, convert them into usable resources, and then you build up everything. And it seems very interesting. And it really yeah. comes down to how the community supports it. Because that's what it is for these indie games, is the uh, support of uh, the uh, the community and how well the community both supports it and brings in new players because if the community is very small but hostile to new players, they're going to remain small. Huh. 
pre-early access. You can play it, though, right now. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure if they're going to go paid or how they're paying for this. I, I just found it literally just before the show, so... But I was, you know, looking for something interesting. Yeah. And I found it. <laughs> uh, I'm installing it right now. <laughs> I'll play it this week. I, You know, obviously way, way, way early access, more concept than anything, I suppose, at this stage. But yeah, it's a really fascinating concept I'd like to check out and see if it's interesting. Kind of like Celestial Command. Very much a concept, but I like the concept, so I'll stick around. And heck, free? I'm down. Yeah, I'm not sure if they're going to go paid or how they're monetizing this. Because that's also going yeah. to be the big thing, monetization. If they go a paid store where, you know, it's all cosmetics, I have no problem with it. But, you know, if it starts to get guns and uh, get, you buy resources or you mine them, that starts to get a little iffy. Yeah. Because then it comes down to which side has the whale on it. Yeah. Well, I'll report on it next week. Yeah, I may check it out with you. Sounds good. Uh, you know, that could be an interesting... Well, it probably wouldn't be good to do a stream night on it, but uh, get together some night and play it uh, during the week. Yeah. Uh, okay, my next game is Ace Combat 7. Uh, this is another one... Honestly, I thought Ace Combat was dead after the last Ace Combat game, which... At its core, as a, a flying game, was still good. Uh, or I guess I should say it's still mechanically sound. Um, but they dropped it into the real world and tried to give it like this cheesy American action movie storyline. And that just killed a lot of the magic, magic of the game. Because the Ace Combat series has always been weird. Um, not exactly like wacky crazy, but they do always have these elements of kind of either supernatural kind of mysticism type stuff mm-hmm. or um like they introduce like at the end like oh my gosh it's crazy sci-fi stuff and the story itself has still been like a little odd but you know that with that missing it kind of lost its soul and it's like well i mean this is a competent uh arcade flight combat game but you know there's other ones out there that honestly are better mechanically than this so it's serviceable but not great so without its soul, it was kind of boring. And Ace Combat 7 uh, is taking it back to how it used to be. Um, they haven't released very many story details. They just have confirmed, like, no, we heard our fans. We're, we're going to do away with that stuff. We're going to go back to our fantasy universes and um, tell stories from there. So I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm hoping that it comes out on Steam, uh, on PC, I should say. Um because I'd love, I've never played an Ace Combat game with an actual flight stick. Because the only flight stick that worked with them on Xbox uh, was like a hundred bucks, and I never wow. bought it because why would I? You know, I was yeah, like for a in single high game. school. Yeah, actually, I think Ace Combat Six came out while I was in college. But I mean, you know, I was a poor college kid. I didn't have money. Heck, yeah. I don't have very much money now. But you know. Regardless, I wasn't gonna play, pay a hundred bucks for the ace, you know, for the flight stick that was good for like two games, and I don't, I only had one of them, you know. So I'll be honest, uh, I was very tempted by the massive controller that was good for one game on, uh, oh, yeah, on the original the, Xbox, Steel Battalion. Yeah, Steel Battalion. Well, the thing is that nowadays you could uh, use it to uh, 
through drivers on PC to actually run a PC game. You know, and it take your entire desk to do it. <laughs> so worth it, though. It'd be worth it if I had the desk space. I mean, I've got more desk space now than I did a, two months ago, but not that much desk space. But uh, if yeah, I had Ace, that controller, I would figure out how to use it <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Um, I have the battle Ace station Combat, where I turn around the uh, the uh, my monitor and have sit next to the desk. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Ace Combat has got a quarter three estimated release so if it comes out in 2017 i'll be surprised but you know fingers crossed that it makes it this you know this will probably be a game that i would buy like day one like just from excitement which is dangerous but like i I have this very profound connection with ace combat like it was one of the few games that i had as a kid uh for like my playstation um, when I was, I don't know, middle school, late elementary, early middle school, because there's been quite a few Ace Combat games. Uh, I jumped in the series at Ace Combat 4, but, you know, the numbered releases are kind of the main ones, and for every numbered release, there's like three spinoff games. So I've played quite a few Ace Combat games and have unlocked everything and all of them that I've ever played and, like, perfected all the missions, and, like, I would just play through it over and over and over and over again. One, because I was a kid... I didn't have very many games, but two, just like, I did have other games I could play over and over again, and I didn't play them. I was playing Ace Combat, so. <laughs> it and Naval Ops. I, re- I should put Naval Ops on the, the game club list. Oh, boy. It It's interesting. I don't know if you'd like it or not, but it's interesting. Well, hang on. Uh, there was one game that I found uh, while poking around uh, that... Uh, would have been. Uh, I'm surprised it wasn't on your list, actually. What is it? Ah, uh, here it is. I'm, I'm going to link it to you. Okay. And I'm surprised uh, that it's not on your list. It's probably you didn't know about it. Yeah, and probably it's, not. And it's going to be your seventh game now. Train Mechanic Simulator. Huh. All right. Yep, that's on the wish list. <laughs> I mean, huh. I, got, I saw this like, well, this has Jared written all over it. Mm, it looks a little iffy. Uh, I mean, it, like, it looks like it would be up my alley if it works, but the yeah. Well, all the controls look like they're... What language is that? Russian? German? I'm not sure. It definitely has had some improper English translations at points on the store page. So, well, I mean, you know, it looks interesting. Hopefully it it works well. If it does, I'll buy it. Oh, no. I, I just did a quick translation. This is Polish. Oh, interesting. Uh, maybe we, uh, they could hire one of our friends to do a translation of this. Maybe. <laughs> oh, that train's crashed. And you have to fix it. You have to rescue it with a crane and repair it. Yes. Uh, they just sold it to you, didn't they? <laughs> I'm pleased. <laughs> um, 
I, I like I said, I saw this and I thought of you. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I'll keep my eye on, eye on it. But this is also what happens whenever I go through the Steam upcoming uh, releases, <laughs> as I start finding weird shit like Foxhole and Train Mechanic Simulator 2017. Yeah. Okay. Um, you are next, correct? Yeah, because I said Ace Combat, and we kind of got off the rails on it a little bit. So you're up. Oh, nice pun. Hey-o. Okay, how about one that I actually know a bit about? Heat Signature. I think I remember you talking about this game a few months ago. Yeah, this is uh, from Tom Francis. Uh, uh, he did Gunpoint, if you've ever seen that game. Um... A, doesn't uh, it uh, sounds familiar? Uh, uh, it's uh, you're a spy in Gunpoint, uh, and uh, the the big thing about it is it that's a stealth puzzle game essentially, right? Uh, where you're rewiring the uh, the level to do certain things, uh, to uh, to allow you to progress or to kill the guards. Uh huh. Well, well, Heat Signature, it's a procedurally generated space game. And your goal is to do missions in it. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if there's going to be a story in this yet. He's uh, talking more about the mechanics of the game still, but all the spaceships are procedurally generated and you take them over or, you know, just kill everyone and get the loot off of them and uh, kind of rinse and repeat. It's still a stealth game uh, in the sense of uh, gunpoint, but you are. Uh, it's a simple. It's essentially a space pirate uh, simulator, <laughs> and it looks very interesting to me. Yeah, it does not. It looks interesting, but not like it's up my alley. Uh, well, it really depends on how they handle things. Yeah. But I'm, uh, I want to see where they go with this. And that's what really my list is, is either games I really want to play or games I'm interested to see where they're going. Right. And that's uh, one of these. Uh, well, that uh, this one's one of those, I should say. Right. And plus, uh, I did like Gunpoint. Granted, I haven't beaten it yet. And it's one of those games that I have uh, for my channel eventually. Yeah. But it has uh, a it's, uh, gunpoint has a very solid, uh, almost puzzle esque uh, uh, game to it. So I'm expecting something like that with this, where the as the level generates, it gives you different options, which he's already demonstrated that it does. That you could uh, essentially blow out the airlocks, for example, <laughs> out of a section of the ship. Yeah. Or even just take the ship over completely. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it looks interesting, but not necessarily like something that I'm typically interested in. But, you know, I'd check it out, you know, see some yeah, gameplay, some reviews. I, it's interesting and an interesting enough concept that I would not just dismiss it out of hand. So... Okay, well, my last game is Prey, um, which Pray for is slotted everything because they're coming. Um, it's slotted for quarter four, twenty seventeen. So obviously that will be in twenty eighteen, unless like a miracle happens or something. But 
Um, so you're praying for that. Got it. I'm praying for prey. Uh, but anyways, um, pre- normally I don't go for like kind of scary type looking games, but the trailer and all of the early kind of looks at prey, it just seems really interesting, fascinating to me, like the concept of, of the story, like going through the same thing time after time after time, day after day in like this sci-fi universe instead of like a weird uh, fantasy setting or something like that. It just, the setting and the the gameplay that they showed off look interesting to me. And I liked the original Prey. Uh, I mean, this is a remake. I don't know how much it it will, if any at all, have in common, uh, common with the original Prey. But it just, you know, it for me, this is like, huh, this looks interesting and fascinating. And I think I would like it. Let's see where it goes. So this is, is that for me. Because all the other games are something like, for one reason or another, I'm really excited to see them come as long as they are... Oh, my. Uh, wink. As long as they are, you know, well-done games that hold up. Mm-hmm. But Prey, I'm like, you know, I don't know, but this is intriguing, and let's see. So, to kind of round out my list, I, I went with one of those for the end. Okay, and to round out my list, I went with a new installment of a game that I played ages and ages ago. The Guild. In uh, this case, The Guild 3. The Guild 2... Uh, well, I should probably tell you what The Guild 2 is. Uh, I've the, played The Guild 2, uh, but... Okay, the, well, The Guild 2, for those of you who don't know, is essentially a medieval uh, economic simulator. Or I should say a medieval life simulator, because you can uh, do other things in it. You can uh, run for office and try to ra- rise up the political uh, ladder. You could be a thief and just rob... Uh, uh, well, uh, people going by or uh, stage, co- well, not stagecoaches, but wagons. Sorry, that would be a Western version of uh, of the guild, <laughs> which would actually really work, actually. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, that sort of thing where it's a, a medieval life simulator. And, and the guild three is, I don't know a lot about it. They, I don't think they've released a lot about it just yet. But it's what I really want is essentially the Guild 2 with a bit better interface. Because that's really the downfall of the Guild is that it's convoluted in some of the mechanics and its interface isn't the greatest. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've played the Guild. I've actually never played it on Steam. I own it on Steam, but I've never played it on Steam. I, I think I played it a bit on Steam. Uh, and supposedly, uh, the guild is really good with multiplayer, but getting the multiplayer working these days is uh, a hassle. So yeah. I'm hoping that the Steam uh, works, uh, uh, does something for the multiplayer scene of this. Uh, the fact that it could do 16 player multiplayer for uh, the guild three would just be uh, chaos. <laughs> It'd be fun though. It, well, well, and here's the thing: is that you you don't really pl- well at least in the guild two. We don't know a lot of info about the Guild 3 just yet. As a matter of fact, a lot of the screenshots on the Guild 3 st- uh, Steam Store page is all concept art still. But in the yeah. Guild 2, you're uh, playing a family, or and you directly control the head of the family, and you get have influence over the rest of the family, or uh, the immediate family, I guess I should say, you could control. But then you could uh, start hiring people and uh, expanding outwards. So you can't have, you know, that uncle that goes off and starts robbing uh, wagons uh, to try to sabotage uh, the 
rest of the uh, uh, players while you uh, work up your mining and uh, uh, blacksmithing uh, empire. Which I would do. Yeah, you would have the mining and blacksmithing empire and try to run for office. Right? Mm, not so sure about that last one. Maybe, but definitely mining and smithing. <laughs> and, uh, and what was also interesting was that the political factions, it wasn't just, you know, a win situation. It also granted you certain abilities, such as uh, once you got sheriff, you had the ability to do uh, to arrest people. So you could uh, trump up charges on uh, your opponents and start arresting their key uh, family members. Granted, if you did it too much, you could uh, start pissing off the wrong people and get thrown out of office. But still, the option was there. It's just a, a very interesting game genre that I was a little surprised to see that they were making a third one. Because you don't really see a lot of games like this anymore. Nope, but I'm happy they are. Hopefully it doesn't get canceled or nothing happens to it, because I absolutely would buy that as well. But this is also co- being published by THQ Nordic, which they've done a quite a few and a huge assortment of games. Including uh, publishing The Guild 2, I might add, but yeah, they they published uh, this is the police, for example, uh, very recently. Yeah. <clears throat> well, let's put it this way: I'm just looking at their uh, uh, their uh, relevance on uh, Steam, browsing THQ Nordic. They have the uh, this is the police. Then they have things like the uh, Painkiller Black Edition. That tells you just the range, huh? Yeah. Okay. Are you ready to move on to our community corner? I think so. Okie dokie. I'm I'm sitting here looking at the time, wondering if we're going to be done by 2.30. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, sorry. The sleepiness is starting to, to creep in a little bit. I mean, I'm not like falling asleep or anything, but it is getting a little bit harder to concentrate. Jared. Yes. Jared. Yes, baby. Kyle's writing stuff about us right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You just slide on over here right <laughs> next to me, big boy. I'll give him something to write about. Mm. Meanwhile, Kyle feverishly hammers away on his keyboard, imagining dirty, dirty things. Like my penis. Mm, yes, my penis. <laughs> <laughs> and we just lost all our listeners and the listing on iTunes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Worth it. Okay, let's move on to our weekly community corner where we have one audio letter. It's, and it'll uh, be our last letter ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big one from Kimis where he just talks about things and stuff. Yep. So here's Kimis. Greetings everybody, Kmis here again. I wanted to try out something different this time and record a little bit of unscripted content. You're probably used to receiving this type of stuff recorded while driving, as far as I know, but because I neither have nor need a car and I don't really feel like 
recording with a laptop and a proper mic and radio stand, uh, radio stand while in a tram or bus, my room will have to do. The reason I am recording without any script is that it turns out I have no time to write anything. Normally, and probably you don't even know, that every 10 minutes of audio letter I send in requires 2 to 4 hours of script, of me writing a script, then refining it, refining it again, recording once or twice, then editing. And this Wednesday I've realized that my semester is ending. Which means that for next week I have 4 projects due, then within the two or three weeks I have four different exams, uh, one of which I have no idea what the subject is about, because our teacher decided it would be way more interesting if at the lectures, instead of actually teaching us something, she would have us do personality quizzes. Yeah, I'm serious. So after I'm done with that, and there is a lot to be done with, one of those things include me doing uh, preparing a bunch of reports on the databases we were supposed to import, but because we have used a Dota 2 database, turns out we don't really have that much of data, and our teacher just told us to randomly generate some. So I'm sure it will be really fun to analyze, especially since we're supposed to look for patterns, etc. Yeah, good luck finding patterns in RNG. Then the other project that is kind of major is that for the past half a year we've been developing a mock application that is supposed to do uh, improve the process uh, at our university of doing engineering and master's degrees. Because instead of actually improving this process, our university decided it would be much more fun to have us redesign it. Fortunately, I'm not the one that is mostly working on it. I have just done the design phase, the implementation is handled by another guy, and I just hope he doesn't fuck up again. So, if, and unfortunately that is a little bigger in if that I'm used to, I pass all the grades, then I have most of my February free, and by free I mean I have to do internship. The same guy that tends to fuck up, well, for whatever reason, and I know the reason I was just lazy, uh, he got the job before me, and instead of me going through the whole application process, I just sent my CV directly to the firm and told them, hey, this guy sent me, like, we call. And I got a reply, yeah, we call, call you mid-January. And today is the 14th, so I'm guessing they will be calling me any minute. Which makes me really anxious, because... Yeah, that's like, I will have to do actual work. That's weird. That will take me, I hope, just February and March, because we're supposed to do 160 hours. Usually that takes three months, but because we have February pretty much off, if I pass everything in first term, 
or just decide I don't have to go to the exams because I'm useless. Then I can work full time in February and then have April off, which would be nice. And then there is another thing that, yeah, I will be starting sixth semester, which means I need to pick my engineering thesis topic and a supervisor, which again is something I have absolutely no fucking idea how it will look. Right now, all I know is that usually there are a couple hundred topics available and I tend to have just dumb luck. So I'll take once those topics are published, because yesterday I'm recording on Saturday, so that would be Friday the 13th was the deadline for submitting our own topics. But again, because I had no idea what an actual topic should look like, what it should cover, etc. I've decided to just skip it and hope for the best. So I'll have to look at those topics. Hopefully there will be a couple I am somewhat confident about. And there are also nine or ten teachers that throughout two and a half years that have taught me something So once I have a list of topics I'm confident about, I can just consider which of those uh, teachers are uh, closely related to any of those topics and tell them, hey, hello, can you be my supervisor? And if they say yes, I don't have anything to do for the next six months. And after that, fuck, I don't really want to think about it. This is a little weird because you're expected after doing seven semester, uh, seven semesters of engineering just to go straight to masters. But because I'm studying in English, this is a little weirder. We are finishing seven semester in January and uh, masters in English instead of starting in March as any others start in October. So I would have almost a full year off. So the current plan is that during this year off, I will just find a job, hopefully at IBM, because yeah, I'm interning at IBM. So I hope after I finish my internship, they'll propose me a job. And even if I don't pick it up immediately next year, when I'm on the break, I can just tell him, hey, remember me? I was, you told me I'm not useless. Can you hire me right now? And hopefully, and this is yet another big plan that will probably not work at all. After half a year or so, they will tell me, you know what? You're really awesome. You don't need to do any masters, which means I don't need to go through another two years of needless education, but also means I will have to join the workforce, which is really scary. Adulting is hard, you know. Hopefully, because this is not the first time I've actually tried recording something unscripted, just talking through the mic, what I'm thinking right now, stream of thoughts, but mostly I've listened to it and either rewritten everything as a script and re-recorded it or just scrapped it entirely. So if you are listening to my almost 10 minutes of rambling, that means I'm pretty satisfied with it. 
And that also means my standards have really fallen. <laughs> Another reason I'm recording is my mic stand was actually just that gathering dust. So can I look it up? Can I be bothered to look it up? When was the last time I've recorded an audio letter? The last audio letter I've written was 15th of October. Three months ago. It was about the guy that tried to scam me. And then I have another two email chains just when I was actually on the show. And I need to start thinking about recording the Game Club submission for FTR. Because finally, here's a, one of the games we're discussing is something I have any interest in playing. I just don't know if whether I will have time to play it right now. This has been long enough as it is, me just procrastinating. I needed to take a rest or something before I go absolutely insane. Normally, if just I I waste too much time on something, especially this thing doesn't work out at all, like it's been today. Usually, I would just leave the house and go for a walk, but it's way too cold and dark right now. Anything else interesting in my life right now that isn't as depressing as me getting old and having constant panic attacks because I don't know what to do. Oh, yeah, I've told you about it, but again, it would, it's hard to convey what happened in 140 characters. I hate Twitter so much. And yeah, I'm saying it as somebody who tends to write 2000 word scripts going off tangent on a tangent on a tangent. Yeah, so I have joined a Brawlhalla clan. So the story is that I've noticed a post on Reddit saying new clan is recruiting and they're based in EU. I've joined the Discord server. Then after we had enough people, we've all joined a game on Steam, played a bunch of matches and hey, I was picked. Okay, our clan is a mentoring clan, meaning we have a bunch of diamonds, which is the highest rank in the game, and bunch of golds. The level where you can call yourself competent. You're not yet that good at the game, and yeah, I'm saying it as someone who has 220 hours in game. I'm not really all that good. But you kinda start to get what you're doing. So the whole point of the clan is we have diamonds, who pick gold as their mentorees, and we play a bunch of games together, try to get better by being provided a bunch of tips, and hopefully sometimes we'll get advanced to the mentor's position, and and just to test where we're standing, we've decided to have a tournament. The we have used the double elimination format, which means you lose, uh, you are out of the tournament after losing two matches instead of one, which is kind of the standard in the game, and it's much more interesting because you can have such an amazing comebacks. And even if you lose the first match, as was the case with me, you're still not out of the game. In fact, I have worked my, all my way through through the losers. And in the losers finals, I almost won. And by almost, I mean in the tiebreaker, I killed myself twice with a bomb, which was a little embarrassing. But still, I placed third out of eight people, which is not awful. 
Especially not as awful as this one guy who just rage quit the clan entirely after losing a game. Okay, so I should probably start wrapping it up. I am embarrassed to admit that right now Odyssey reads 21 minutes of me getting progressively more and more silent. Kmis, signing off. Well, thank you, Kimis, for your life story. That sounds really bad. I don't mean it bad. Yeah. I'm glad that you're just like the, talking the word, to us. No wonder he hasn't sent us a letter since October, which I didn't realize it was that long. I knew it was a long time. I just didn't realize it was October. Yeah. Well, I mean, he got busy with school and stuff, so I totally get that. But Plus, he's been on the show since then. Yeah. Tw- twice, I think. Was it twice or was it just once? Uh, I'm not sure if it's been twice or not. I think it was twice. I think we did one show with him, and then pretty soon after that, we did the award show. Yeah. Uh, but it was also really odd to have a rambling letter without uh, someone walking or driving. Yeah, that is very true. <laughs> That's usually ghost department, although yeah. Kyle's done it a time or two as well. Yeah, live from I-75. I could walk to I-75 from here. <laughs> um, yeah, but so, it's yeah, a hell of a walk to Kyle from there. Probably. Uh, so where do you want to start? You said you took some notes. I yeah, I don't ever do that, but very little ones. I, I, well, well, let's jump right to the end of the letter first and talk about his Brawlhalla clan. It, it makes me kind of miss my time with TF2 and my Highlander group. Uh, just uh, the it's I know it's not quite the same thing. Uh, mine was a competitive team going against other teams, but instead of a clan, uh, uh, well, fighting amongst themselves. But it's the same basic idea of having that core group that you're playing with and it made me kind of miss that and uh granted we do have it with the uh stream nights but not to the same uh idea where we're bouncing around games yeah you know I don't, what i mean yeah i don't miss my clan days uh i was in a, a halo uh mlg group um like i never went to any tournaments or anything for halo but i that was frustrating because like, I was just good enough to make the cut, but I was, like, one of the worst people on the team. So it was like, yeah, every time we practice, I just get shit on by you guys. And then, like, I'd go play with my friends, and they were like, wow, you're so good. And I'm like, yeah, not really. There's people way better than me. But well, I, was, I, was a, I did do... My, my team was an MLG team for TF2. And I would yeah. say I was about mid-tier. But the, the frustrating part of it wasn't uh, the play style or the uh, player skill, because they were really good. It's just... Uh, boy, this is going to sound terrible for me to say, but the discipline. Yeah. Uh, you'd have people just no show for practice at nights. And, or, uh, the, the bad one was our sniper. Oh, he pissed me off to no degree. Uh, for, I would say the first three or four games, every time he, uh, killed someone, he would do a taunt. And the taunt would, uh, last, yeah, five or six seconds. So he's, te- he kills someone, then takes himself out of the game for a while. Ta- kills someone, takes himself out of the game for a while. And there's no way to interrupt the taunts, in, at least in Team Fortress 2. And yeah. you're also a sitting duck while you're doing that. So he got killed a few times and started yelling at us for not protecting him. And, yeah, you know, I pointed out, you know, you are off by yourself to begin with, because that's your thing. That's your job. But also, you're making yourself you know, just standing there 
and and finally, um, you're kind of making it so if it gets uh, challenged, it's going to go against us because uh, one of the rules of MLG, at least the Team Fortress 2 version of it, was uh, uh, excessive taunting like that was considered poor sportsmanship. Yeah, just like teabagging in Halo. I mean, you do it a, a couple times, but also the TF2 also has taunt kills, which are exceptionally hard to pull off, usually. And uh, a high risk for very little reward, except for, let's see, the, the medic's uh, taunt kill actually is uh, probably the most worthwhile one to attempt, because it, it gives him an uber charge if he does it with the uh, proper weapon. Which the Uber Charge allows you, depending on the medic gun that he's using, to either give invincibility for 10 seconds or less, depending on the number of people he's giving it to. Uh, give him uh, critical hits. Uh, well, give uh, other people critical hits. Do a essentially super fast heal, which you have to pretty much instant kill someone to be able to get past. Or I'm trying to remember what the other medic gun does. I think it's uh, damage resistance of a certain type, which allows you to sometimes get past a uh, just a bombardment of uh, explosives, for example. Yeah. I don't... But yeah, I don't remember. You played Team Fortress 2 way more than I did. Yeah, and it's been a long time for me. Yeah. I also did some stuff with Gears of War, which I think I mentioned before on here, too. We won a local tournament. My team did. I was way better at Gears than I was at Halo. Yeah, like I, I played, was in the, in the yeah. online leaderboards. I was in the top 100 at one point in the original Gears of War. Sheesh. Like, yeah. I mean, I was probably higher than that because, you know, the top 10 or so are always the people who figure out how to cheat yeah. and have, like, ridiculously impossible scores. But yeah, I, played I played Gears of War a lot. I played three seasons on that team. And uh, we were, uh, we went to the final, or uh, not the finals, but we went to the playoffs uh, for two seasons. Uh, it, it was kind of funny when uh, our first uh, season. Well, the the way the uh, the season works is that you have your preseason match. You know, it gives you a you know a time to you know get your feet wet. Then you have your season. Then you have the playoffs, and the playoffs are single elimination. And our first round of the playoffs was against the team that we played our preseason against for our first season. And we just barely got past the cut, by the way. Pretty much uh, the the way they set up the playoffs is that you had to be uh, have about a 60% or better uh, win rate. And it was only like uh, 10 matches or so. So yeah. You, so you lose five, you're pretty much guaranteed to be out. Lose four you're on the bubble, lose uh, three, you're pretty much in. And I believe we lost four. Well, we came up against the team that we play in the preseason. And in the preseason game, we were completely unorganized. And, uh, well, like I said, the sniper was busy taunting the entire time. Uh, the Our soldier, well, uh, for those who don't know, Highlander is you only have one of each class. There could be only one, which is where the name comes from. Uh, our soldier uh, was completely replaced by then. And we came up against them in the playoffs. And they were, you know, uh, we, we ended up being friends with them for a while. It just kind of drifted apart after, uh, you know, 
uh, really our team broke up and we reformed, uh, or I joined another one. Uh, that's what happened uh, with a few of the members. Uh, we came up against them and we were friendly enough, but you know, they were you know kind of talking about how they were going to beat us. We wiped them out. We shut them out. And it was just glorious. <laughs> nice. Well done. Um, getting off of this to other things that Cam <laughs> has talked about. Uh, good luck finding a job, dude. Uh, yeah, and, and join the workforce. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully the IBM thing you mentioned works out. Yeah, um, that would be pretty cool to work for one of the big, one of the big tech companies. Um, and I hope that uh, your year off. I don't know. I was going to say, I hope your year off doesn't keep you from going back to school. But if you like your job and you don't want to go back to school, then who am I to tell you to go back to school? So Yeah, which uh, anytime I build some monstrosity in KSP now, I guess I'm going to have to send it to you so you could cry. I, I just have a good cry. <laughs> hey, look what I uh, put on uh, mine. You're like, why would you do this to me? But then again, isn't that what most of KSP is? You know, just making engineers and uh, rocket scientists cry? <laughs> Something like that. It's interesting hearing that in uh, that you need or that they you need or they encourage you to go get a master's degree in engineering. In the States, usually a bachelor's is good enough to do just about anything. Yeah. Um, there's certainly fields you can't get into without a master's degree, but... Most people I know who went the engineering route only got a bachelor's degree and, you know, they're making six figures a year now. Makes me wish I had done that sometimes. But there's more to life than money. There is? There is. <laughs> well, I actually lived near a, uh, well, at least uh, used to be a really good uh, technical college and they had uh, or had a good uh, engineering uh, uh, program. So I've seen a lot of engineers around town. Kind of uh, dropped off these uh, last few years, though. They're all working at Frank's and not Frank's. <laughs> Redesigning the uh, the uh, uh, pizza furnace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to to talk about from his his letter? Uh. Well, I was kind of, uh, I made the note, uh, him trying to find uh, patterns in RNG. It's sort of like game makers trying to find good game content in uh, pure RNG. Because uh, he was talking about his database uh, project. Right. And it just yeah. you know, kind of struck me uh, how procedural generation or pure procedural generation, uh, game makers are kind of relying on that and uh, to essentially fill out content. I know, yeah. not really related to the uh, letter, but at the same time, yeah, it just made me think of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I had honestly forgotten about that until you said it, and then I went, oh, yeah. Yeah, look at it this way. Kyle, uh, the, the glue bottle's out, and I'm taking a swing at it. No man's scar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A pure uh, procedural generation just isn't a replacement for actual data and actual crafting. Indeed. So, I, so I definitely see uh, Chemist's uh, skepticism of 
<laughs> finding uh, what he needs for the system. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. You know, Are you ready to move on to tweets? You know, maybe we should edit in like a driving background for chemists, you know, just so it makes sense for our podcast. <laughs> that's too much work for me. Maybe we should, but that's too much work for me. Oh, come on. It's just an a, a audio file. <laughs> and it's not like you already have a bunch of editing to do. Yeah, it's too much work for me. <laughs> All right. Uh, question of the week? Indeed. Let's get there. Let's do it. All right. The question of the week was, what's your opinion on remote gaming services like the now defunct online or GeForce Now? And are they the future? Jim. No, lag and expensive pricing will always hobble them. Not to mention bandwidth caps and increasing uh, monitor resolutions. Uh, Grieve uh, comments on that, saying even at 1080p, you have to compress the the image a lot. Chemist, you could uh, leave your 3D or your third world country and uh, just go to one with internet access as a constitutional right. Uh, Chemist, um, uh, do you have a spare room? <laughs> I mean, we could uh, get uh, Kyle to send uh, us over and uh, create some uh, jambalaya, right? <laughs> we could. I don't know if I want to do that, though. I think I'll uh, take some uranium, though. Uh, sounds like Kyle's on board. Okay, uh, getting online to buy plane tickets to flee to better internet, and the internet's crashed. <laughs> Okay, Chemist uh, also has, unless everyone has unlimited uh, broadband internet with uh, 10 milliseconds or less ping, at all times, they are not. By the way, how do you enjoy 1 terabyte uh, data caps? Wish I had a 1 terabyte data cap. Mine is uh, 350 uh, uh, gigs, but I'm paying extra to uh, get above that cap because pretty much I'd just hammer it. (laughs) Yeah. And Groove... Uh, chimes into that one that plus probably more expensive long-term wise which it is true uh you're essentially paying into the service and renting the games it's it's like boy this is gonna date me it's like going to blockbuster and renting the same game over and over to beat it by the time you beat a long like jrpg you've uh, already paid a lot more to blockbuster than you would have if you just bought the game outright yeah, I actually <laughs> had that thought the other the other day. So, uh, you can rent games from from Redbox, uh, and well, I was I thinking because in well, you mean you have to have a Redbox, but no, 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 no. I have a Redbox within walking distance of me. I uh, can't. You don't have a console. Yeah. Well, if you have a console, you can rent games from Redbox. <laughs> and I was thinking about maybe renting um, Final Fantasy Fifteen from Redbox when Katie goes in a couple of months to visit her family. Um, I don't remember why it is she's going in March, but she's going in March. Uh, but then I was like, well, maybe she's going to go watch just... basketball, right? Yeah. Um, but I thought maybe I should just buy it. Cause by then it might be cheaper and it's going to take me a while to beat final fantasy 15. It's like $3 a day. She's going to be gone for 10 days. So if I rented the game for the whole 10 days, that's 30 bucks. Like maybe, well, plus tax. So maybe I might be better off to just buy it. We'll that's see. even assuming that they have it. Yeah, that's true. They might not have it by then. Because they may take it out of rotation or it could just be out. 
Yeah. Because those red boxes don't keep a lot of each uh, title. No. But, I mean, I do live where there's, like, I don't know, 20 red boxes, so... I yeah, would I have, have a ac- shot. Yeah, I have access to one within walking distance. Yeah, I, th- I, I really think there's like 15 or 20. Uh, I mean, I you know, I have to drive to them in Cleveland, but I'm in Cleveland every day, so it's not that far. You have a hell of a commute if you're going to Ohio. Yeah, every day I go to Cleveland, Ohio, and then come back. I have a, I have a uh, teleporter, actually. And you're not sharing? No, I'm selfish. I'm a selfish bastard. Well, we'll see uh, who mourns you when your atoms get uh, scattered across space. <laughs> At least then I won't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, okay, what else do we have other than the question of the week? Uh, well, uh, let's see. Let me make sure that's it for the question of the weekend. It is. I just had... I uh, got... Kyle's uh, tweet kind of um, jumbled up here, but uh, we'll just jump directly to Kyle. He was the last uh, uh, tweet, and uh, then we'll go from there. Kyle, shout out to Ghost Shark. Thanks for Rocket League. Uh, it was an awesome time, and I'm ready to kick ass next league night. Oh, boy. <laughs> nice. Uh, and Ghost Shark says, I only wish I had enough to include Mel's uh, into the deal. Uh, there's, but there'll always be another night. Indeed. Let's see, Andrew Mason, listening to the board game podcast, and if you think uh, straight, then you might want to check uh, code seven seven seven, which I haven't actually listened to that yet. I think I've downloaded it to my playlist. The, the the problem is I download podcasts like once every two weeks, and I listen to them all. <laughs> Uh, yeah. chemist uh thanks i'll keep that in mind uh, i picked up uh codenames pictures uh yesterday but haven't played it yet andrew codenames is a good game by my favorite designer chemist i was looking uh for the pictures uh edition as i only have the language independent games uh can't wait looks uh like uh third straight uh sorry think straight uh has some principles as code 777 uh but uh, is more streamlined Andrew, Code 777, uh, has some uh, nice titles, though. And I have no idea what they're talking about, by the way. <laughs> Me neither. But I thought that I would put that in, because there's not a lot of tweets otherwise this week. Uh, chemist, Big Picture Boat is awesome. Shame it uh, has so many bugs and glitches. Whoever came up with, game pa- uh, with the gamepad uh, keyboard deserves a Nobel Prize in design. And uh, that's it. All right. Well, and that means it's time to move on to our Steam. Uh, I'm surprised I didn't trigger some sort of rant there. (laughs) Nah. I'm looking at the clock. That's why it's not triggering a rant. (laughs) With that said, let's move on to our Steam Weekly Deals discussion. Uh, We each have two. And you will go first, and we shall alternate. All right, my first one is Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. I've, no, I've done this one before. It is a very short but very, very powerful story about two brothers on a journey to save their father. A uh, really unique control scheme. It uh, essentially uses two halves of a controller. Think, do you, do you think Nintendo saw this game and was like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> we could design an entire console around this concept. <laughs> Well, uh, before the Switch, this was really the first time we've seen a 
two controller or sorry, uh, two one controller control two different characters like this. We may see this on the Switch at some point. Yeah. But it's still a very, very touching story. And I will say that it uh, you can beat it in an afternoon pretty easily. It's only a few hours long. And I didn't write down my prices, so I have to go to the uh, look at the price. It's usually 15 bucks, which I will say it feels a little expensive for the length of the game it is. And it doesn't have a lot of replayability, but it also is a very impactful game. So if you're looking for a, a big story, then yeah, this may be it. But it's yeah. also 80% off right now. Bring it down to three bucks. Pretty much a must buy. If you uh, like your uh, impactful story, or uh, well, th- there's also the issue of this has no language in it. This uh, it's all think of it simish, you know, uh, gestures and nonsense. So if that bugs you, then it may turn you off a bit. But it has some really unique puzzle design just because it's going around the fact that you're controlling two characters at once with the one controller. And it's a very deep concept. <laughs> what? Uh, gestures and nonsense. That's basically my life. <laughs> and probably the uh, the title of the show now. <laughs> that actually is a really good show title. And welcome Prob- to the Gestures and Nonsense podcast. <laughs> um, okay. Well, my first recommendation is Valkyria Chronicles. Um. I mean, I've already gushed about this game plenty uh, twice now, and I probably will a couple more times. So, if I mean, if it sounds like it's up your alley, buy it. It's uh, seven bucks right now, a little less than seven bucks, six seventy nine specifically. But I mean, it's worth every penny. It's worth way more than that. I've already got several hours of enjoyment out of it, and I will get quite a few more. Yeah, and. This version also has all the DLC, so if you played it on uh, console on, on the PlayStation 3, I think it was, right? Yeah, PS3. Uh, I, well, I can't remember if it was uh, PS3 or PS4, so I was uh, asking there. Uh, then this also includes all the DLC. So it does have the extra content there. Yeah. Okay, my second game is a very, very old title uh, that was, uh, uh, I think it was remastered, uh, a little bit at least. Impossible Creatures Steam Edition. Oh, I played this way, way back in the day. Uh, I don't have it on Steam. I I wonder if I still have the physical copy around here somewhere. Anyway, uh, Impossible Creatures is an RTS where you're creating all the units. And to do that, you're meshing two creatures together to make something different. And each character, or sorry, each creature has their own strengths and weaknesses. For example, lobsters, which tend to be like the favored unit to mix with a lot of things, have a lot of health and a lot of armor, but they're also very slow. Chimpanzees uh, are quicker, but but they're a ranged unit, so they impart a ranged attack. And by swapping out different body parts, and depending on the creature, you could uh, swap out somewhere between three, and I think the I think the biggest one uh, had five or six parts. You change the attributes and change the attacks of that unit, so you could have a completely unique unit 
uh, to counteract something that the, your opponent's throwing at you. You could have, well, just look at the screenshots on uh, the Steam store page, a tiger with a shark's, uh, with a hammerhead shark uh, head on it. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, it's a fun, interesting concept that I don't know if it's been copied or if I've it has, never if seen it's been it done well. I've uh, never seen it even copied, let alone done well. Because I've played it. Um, I don't remember when I've played it, but I know I've played it. Like, I have memories of playing it and, like, just making wacky creatures and stuff, so. Um, and it plays I don't know like what... the old Age of Empires, almost. Yeah. it's a, a, Think of it as Age of Empires, but you're building the army from scratch. Yeah. So, that's a, that's a good choice. Good pick. And I'm not sure what the player base is for on this. Let me actually check on that uh, really quick. According to this, there are 28 active players with today's peak of 64, all-time peak of 277. Okay, so the, uh, the multiplayer scene is uh, pretty much dead. There's a yeah. few people, but there's uh, yeah, those are the diehards. Right. So do not go onto this for multiplayer unless uh, you're playing with friends, which I think this would be a great game to go play with a bunch of friends. <laughs> yeah, but, do some crazy stuff. Yeah. That, that may actually be a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, my... I should say it is oh, normally, like I said, I didn't write down the prices. Uh, nine ninety nine. So it's cheap anyway, but seventy five percent off now. Bring it down to two forty nine. Uh, yeah, I'm the cheaper this week. Yep. Uh, so my other game is if my heart had wings. Uh, See, I wonder why listeners. you have this on here. Uh, well, astute listeners will know that it is on the game club list for February um, and it currently just barely is in the lead uh, regardless even if it doesn't wind up winning and we don't play it for game club what I've played of it is great uh, and I've only played the mobile version which has a lot of content cut out yeah essentially uh, from what I understand the mobile version is one storyline that's cut down and uh Visual novels like this are typically multiple storylines and with a branching path. Uh, well, the, the way I've always described a bubble game is think of it as a tree. You're starting at the trunk, uh, at the base of the tree, and you're working your way up. And you, at a, and for well, I should say for non-kinetic novels, there's a kinetic novel, which is essentially just uh, you're reading the story like a novel. But then, if my heart has wings, is the type where it's a branching path. So eventually. The, uh, the main base of the game breaks off and you're following uh, one of the, uh, well, in this case, girls uh, and uh, having a story centered around your relationship with them. Yep. Um, but anyways, so it's a great game in its own right and it does have a real shot at being the Game Club game for February, so... Yeah, it's, it, it's duking it out with... Uh, uh, Life is Strange, which uh, actually surprises me. Yeah. I was but, expecting uh, Life is Strange to just annihilate it with maybe Katawa Sojo uh, coming in second be- just because it's a free-to-play game. Well, I mean, Katawa Sojo is pretty close, too. They're all really close. Um, yeah, it's, it's going like, to come down to the wire. Yeah, it's, I think, seven for If My Heart Had Wings, five for Life is Strange, and four for Katawa Sojo. So it's it's still a pretty close race. Um, normally it's 15 bucks. It's on sale for five and it's definitely worth five bucks. 
Yeah, and I will say that the Steam version is censored, but there is a uh, a content restoration patch that uh, that puts in both the boobies, but also uh, puts in more storyline based around uh, some of the stuff that they cut out. I don't know the the specifics because that gets into spoilers, and I haven't read enough about it. I just know the general idea of what's going on with it. And it is a bit convoluted to put it back in, but it is doable. Usually that's pretty easy. Usually it's just you copy uh, this is, the, well, and well, paste the, the file. Well, well, this isn't a developer-made one. Oh, this, okay. This is, it's a, uh, supposedly there's, it does three things. It restore, restores the sex scenes. It restores some of the cut uh, content and also has a fan retranslation of some lines. Okay. Because supposedly the, a few of the lines uh, were, uh, I wouldn't say mistranslated, but translated in a way that were ambiguous, supposedly, so, so some people. Like I said, yeah. I don't know exactly if that's true or not. So, and I'm not going to go look into it because that uh, starts again into spoiler territory. And I just uh, went and double checked uh, the uh, current results uh, of the Steam uh, Game Club game, which you still have uh, two weeks to vote on because we are playing uh, FTL for the 31st, and that's when the polling closes. If My Heart Had Wings has seven votes, Life is Strange has five, and Katawa Sojo has four. It is still neck and neck. Yep. And it's so very exciting that things are this close. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I hope If My Heart Had Wings wins, but Life is... I mean, all three of these games I want to play, but my, my personal favorite, or my personal pick yeah, would be well, If My Heart Had Wings, yeah, but I, I don't get to vote, Ka- so. I pl- I, Yeah, I've played through Kata Wasojo before, but I haven't, I haven't voted it. I don't vote on these. So, nope. either Life is Strange or uh, My Heart Has Wings uh, is uh, my choices on this. But Kato Sojo, I'd still replay because it's been a long time since I played it. Yeah. Okay. Well, those are our picks, which means that it is time for us to start wrapping up. And Finally. T- <laughs> yeah. We're not going to make it to 2.30, but maybe by 2.45. Sorry. Oh. I, I blame myself. Um, it's fine. I just might sleep through my supervision in the morning. I have to be there at nine. I'm 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 more of an evening person. I see most of my I do most of my stuff in the afternoons and the evenings. I am but, the night. But they moved around supervision, so now I have to go to supervision at nine AM. If if it's supervision and you sleep through it, are you still supervising? I don't know. I mostly just sit there. I don't I don't need very much direct supervision myself, and usually if I do I go talk privately to one of the supervisors there. You just go uh, with the crayons and draw in the corner. Usually I sit in there and play on my iPad. <laughs> Get some good Galaxy of Heroes time during supervision. I mean, I have crayons here if you need them. I've got colored. I've got a Game of Thrones adult coloring book and oh, colored pencils. Now, now, when you say Game of Thrones adult coloring book, do you mean a Game of Thrones adult coloring book as in more complex or Game of Thrones uh, adult coloring book as in adult coloring book? Because both works with Games of Thrones. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's both. It's okay. mostly just adult in terms of more complex, but I flipped through it and there's some some saucy stuff in there. I got it for Christmas. 
But anyways, uh, moving on to the things that are coming up for me this week. Honestly, I don't know. Um, I I didn't lose any of the projects that I've been working on. I managed to recover all that data off my drive. But uh, everything got really hardcore interrupted over the weekend. Plus, there's some stuff going on, which a couple of you know about Rage, you know, going on yeah, in my, well, in my personal life that. right now uh, that might prevent me from getting anything done. So honestly, I'm just going to go with shrug my shoulders and hope for the best for this week. Um, so, yeah, shrugging my shoulders and hoping for the best. Um, but if you want to see whatever that shoulder shrug is, uh, you can do so on the YouTubes by searching for Gaming Psychologist. I've actually picked up a few subscribers over the holidays, uh, and most of them seem to have stayed so far. So thanks, guys. Uh, glad that you are sticking around. I appreciate the support. Um, but that is Gaming Psychologist on YouTube again. If you want to follow me on Twitter, where things are going to be very political today. There you go, Jared. <laughs> That's cute, Rach. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he just sent me a, a like a, a, sh- a shruggy man in Skype chat. <laughs> but, it completely uh, derailed you. Indeed. If you want to follow me on Twitch, or not on Twitch, on Twitter, <laughs> it's your fault. Uh, whether you can see me tweeting about all kinds of things, <laughs> if you're listening to this on the day of release, they will be very political in nature. But, you know, I tweet about all kinds of stuff. Uh, you can do that at JMA4707 on Twitter. Just follow me there. I picked up a few new Twitter followers, too. So, once again, thank you. Uh, if you want to watch me stream games on Twitch, or maybe even participate sometimes, you can do so over at twitch.tv slash jarthur4707. Uh, I'm going to do a better job about posting tweets and things about them more. Uh, I think that helps. So hopefully I'll see you there or in our Discord channel, which Rage will, or which we don't really ever mention, do we? Uh, we don't, but it's always in the show notes. Yeah, we do have a Discord channel. The link is, should be a permalink in the show notes. If for some reason it doesn't work, just send one of us a tweet uh, or. Yeah, and if they add you on Steam. Yep, and you can add me on Steam. My Steam username is jarthur4707. I accept all Steam friends uh, and hope that you guys are cool. I only made one new Steam friend over Christmas, but you know what? That's okay. That's one more friend to try and convince to come play games with us and join Discord. And if you wish to let them know exactly what episode you're coming from, the password for this week is bombastic. That's a good word. Bombastic. Well, I have to... I had to sneeze very bombastically. And obviously, <clears throat> you were allergic to that word. That's a good word. Good word. Yeah, and I was thinking Nintendo. <laughs> that, that that was my in- inspiration for that. Nice. Bombastic. All right. Well, what about you, Rage? What are you doing this week? Uh, well, I'm in my steady pattern right now. Uh, where everything is kind of set up, except for really Divinity Original Sin, because, you know, that's the problem with collab stuff, is if uh, you have a problem, it suddenly becomes my problem. But we did record some filler content, so we're going to have some Rocket League instead. And one of the episodes I'm actually confident in. I don't know what happened there. (laughs) Yeah, you did good. I don't know what happened. It's weird. I did well on one episode, then uh, back to my usual kind of meh, the rest of it. <laughs> oh, well, maybe it's the tune smoke. Maybe. maybe I had a little bit of that too much tune smoke. 
but uh, beyond that, uh, Valiant Hearts is uh, still ongoing. I'm, uh, I would say I'm probably about a quarter of the way through. It's a fairly short game. And I'm also getting uh, copyright uh, matches on it left and right. So, you know, that's go- not going to be paying for me in the long run. I'm not going to get that nickel from that uh, uh, series. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least it's not uh, my Ghostbusters money. Which still, I made more money on Ghostbusters than Sony did. Suck it. Well done. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That's uh, a sexist uh, thing. I can't say that. Oh, well. Oh, well, I'm a terrible uh, human being for uh, not uh, worshipping at the throne that is uh, the female Ghostbusters. Because there was plenty of articles telling me that anyway. Yeah, that really crappy movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, why, why did they have to bring it? It was bad pod? because it was bad, not just because there were girls in it. But how many times are we going to beat that dead horse? We've beat that horse more than the No Man's Sky horse. No, we haven't. Yes, we have. We definitely have. No, no it's nowhere near what we've done to No Man's Sky. <laughs> Granted, I have uh, made fun of uh, making more money <laughs> than Sony has several times, but that's still funny to me. Uh, but let's see, and... Uh, the Sunday sampler finally got restarted. Uh, I, I, it's just, there wasn't anything interesting that came out the last several weeks. And going through my backlog was a chore because it's just, uh, the thing is going through, uh, it, my stuff uh, week by week, you know, I'm looking at maybe six titles at most now. And I could look at them and say, okay, that looks decent enough. And pick it out. But looking back through actually getting close to a year's worth of review titles and trying to pick out something that's, uh, you know, worth my time, it's a little daunting. So I decided the Sunday sampler already, you know, is my, uh, the series that I'm more willing to skip a week. So I'll, uh, skip a couple and just do a little bit of an older game that I recently got a review copy of to kind of warm back up for the release of the, uh, well, 2017, well, 2017 winner, which uh, is always kind of throws me, you know, because you think spring, summer, uh, autumn, fall, or winter. Uh, but yeah, 2017 winter title releases. And of course, well, the podcast comes out on Fridays as well. And you can find all that over at Gaming with Caffeine Rage, or you can see me tweet with Gaming with CR. And you're being very quiet over there. I'm just listening. Uh, well, I was a little worried that my connection dropped or something because you're being that quiet. Or that I fell asleep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. If you, fell, if you fell asleep, I would hear snoring. You'd probably hear me bonk my head on the mic. <laughs> I hear a bonk, spring, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Which is also the alternate title for this uh, uh, episode. Bonk Sprung Fuck. You can use that one for your YouTube channel if you want. <laughs> uh, but Gaming with CR is my Twitter. And uh, I'm going to try not to be political on that one. Because I have a feeling there's going to be enough uh, of uh, the shit going around. Let's put yeah. it this way. There, there was this uh, thing come out uh Yes, I know. I'm derailing. And Jared's like, oh, God, just let me go. I'm just going to leave the call. You can send me your file when you're done. (laughs) There was a a thing come out that Twitter's been going back and forth on banning Trump. 
And I kind of want to see them ban Trump just to see the shit storm. But at the same time, I kind of don't want them to ban him because, you know, it's an unfiltered thing coming directly from him. Yeah. And it's just going to be ammunition for 2020. So it's, oh, it's going to be glorious uh, next week. And not for any of the good reasons. Best reasons. We have the best reasons. And they're going to be huge. <laughs> uh, so time to uh, do the uh, outro stuff. Indeed. Take done. us out. Yeah, yeah I'm, uh, actually lost it on. Uh, we have so many links here that's uh, screwed up my thing here. Uh, where is it actually? <laughs> I'll just take going your time. Past it. I'll just take a nap. Uh, okay, there it is. Sorry. There so many links that it actually scrolled past. Okay, well, you can find our RSS feed in our new home, vglpodcast.podbean.com. And hopefully we're picking up the people that were stuck on the old RSS feed once iTunes and Google Play does their things. If yep. you, uh, and I, I'm still going to throw a shout out to the Internet Archive for uh, putting up with us. Uh, yeah, one last time. What do you think? Sure. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks to the Internet Archive for uh, supporting us for a year. If you wish to contact us, you could do so at vglpodcast at gmail.com or for your emails, letters, voicemails. They do not have to be voicemails, by the way. You can send text. We will stumble through them. We will mispronounce your name. We will give you inadvertent nicknames because of it. <laughs> <laughs> or your gaming-related topics. Or just tweet us, uh, vglpodcast. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash vglpodcast if you wish to help support the podcast and throw us some money. Our website uh, is the old link here. It's vglpodcast.podbean.com. Once again, the RSS feed is at the top if you're using that. Our intro and outro music is On the Ground by Kevin McElroy, and you can find his work at computech.com. And as Jared <coughs> wakes up... <laughs> no, sorry. I had something stuck in my throat. As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye-bye now. Uh, See you next time. Bye-bye.